Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. You wanted the best and you got the best and there's nothing but the best left in the NRL this week with the Panthers taking on the Eels. Well, Griffo, it is simply the best and I'll tell you what, uh, you'd be pretty excited about what's been happening out there at Penrith uh, Grand Final this week and your team's a part of it. That they are. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, may not sound like it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I say, oh, Penrith, Dave. It's great. Uh, I... Yeah, um, yes. I um, I was pretty low key on Sunday. Um, I didn't think about the game too much at all, to be honest, until um, you know, so sort I of got there and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, you get in the ground, you know, the team's out there training. You start to you know pump up a bit. Then obviously, um, yeah, yeah, it's an opportunity uh, here. For them to really do something special, um, yeah, and uh, you know, three grand finals in a row in this day and age of the salary cap era, unheard um, of. It's it's pretty special in itself, but um, you know, if you win two in a row, and I know the Roosters did it only a few years ago, but that was heralded as, as a massive achievement, and um, and and it was, you know, and it was. Congratulations to those guys. Um, that lays ahead for Penrith. Can I say, Griffo, um, just there, done without the, done without the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're going to talk about this later. I know when we talk about Penrith and, and, and look at the grades and the juniors. When the Roosters did it, you know, it was like they grabbed everyone they could to, to make it happen. Like, you know, the, the, the big the big news of Cooper Cronk joining them and the, the the difference the difference is this has been built for the last five years this is this is I, I'm not saying that the that the that the roosters sort of bought their way into two grand finals and won them but but definitely I think you know there's something about this team which feels a bit more and I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm a South fan. I, I'm, I'm trying to find. Yeah, it's a bit more wholesome. It's a bit more homegrown, and 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 I. They you represent know, think, the area. They are yeah, people from the area. Different. They represent this the is different. This yeah. is different. I, I said that to a young, uh, you know, on the way out. I, I wished every Panthers fan I saw good luck for the following week, and I was talking to um, I was talking to a a, a guy and he's. His children, who were, you know, when I say guy and his children, it makes it sound like, you know, I think the guy was in his in his sixties, and the kids were were, you know, in their in their early twenties or you know or thereabouts. And I said, you know, the the, the difference is you you've grown this. This has been growing for such a long time. You must be proud of the team. And and they said we never thought of it like that. We just sort of got good. And I said, no, no, this has been building for such a long time. And to see the fruits of the labor now. Um, it, it, it's 
what Penrith have done here is not only have they made their third grand final, they have rewritten the way you run football clubs. They've they've re they've reinvented, and the silly thing is they've always had it. It, it took it took Phil Gould and his five year plan in some ways. I, I remember the first part of that plan vividly, where he goes, "We've got to keep our juniors." I'm sick and tired of watching juniors beat us week in week out, and and I know the five year plan copped a lot of flack at the time. And the ideas of the five-year plan, oh, it's not working. You know, five years has come and gone and we haven't had the success. You've got it now. It's like it just took a bit. It, it took longer than maybe people thought. And I'm telling you now, um, back then, if someone had said, would you sacrifice five to seven years to be in three grand finals? That's a pretty good sacrifice to make. And I I think that when when he said, you look at, you know, we don't want any junior playing against us. Look at what that's done. You've kept them with strategic management and strategic buy-in of people like Appy Corusau, or Corusau, who was, I thought he was absolutely outstanding the other night. Um, I, I think that that's where it's smart. You know, you've built a side. And then where you know you can't develop, which, which is silly because they've got these young guys coming through. It's, it's, it's just now what it's become is it's not now a flash in the pan like other clubs have been. This is now a cycling through of players where you go, okay, we've got these players through and we move on. We've got these players through, we move on. You know, um, you look at the, who's the best player not to play in the finals this year. You know, there's 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 got to be three. Uh, ben Hunt's one. Matt Burton's another. You know, the, another. Uh, uh, you know, when you got when you got a situation where you can replace people like Matt Burton, uh, where Momorowski was in the side, and 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 it's just been. I, I think you now have a production line of people that just that just know their role and fill in. And we saw that when Cleary, Luai, when they rested players, they were still a very, very good football side. And they've now rewritten the way in which football sides, especially those that have juniors, are going to be viewed. Um, I think there's a lot of football teams who have very strong juniors who will look at Penrith and go, where did we get? Why didn't we think of this? Where did we go wrong? What have we done? What in our recruitment, in our development, where have we not seen what Penrith have now seen? I, I think a big hat dip has to still um, be given to Phil Gould because this was the absolute keystone of his five-year plan that you keep your juniors, you develop your juniors, and you don't let any junior beat you in another colour. And I think that whilst it took longer than five years and he copped a bit of flack for that and can't believe, you know, people talk about Phil Gould and whatnot, uh, good Twitter rants. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you've got to follow him on Twitter. Good Twitter rant. Um, a lot of kudos has to be given there because it's it's come from the ground up. They've built community. They've built spirit there. I, I, I can't, I can't see this side being outside the eight, outside the four, probably outside the two, 
for the foreseeable future. I know they lose some people next year, but they've got people coming in. Like they've done what was asked of them and what probably fans wanted of them. It's like I said, I think it's revolutionary. I, I, you know, you guys know I love rugby league history and I love, I love researching rugby league. There's a book in this. There's, there's a book in, in what Penrith have done here that this has rewritten the way you run football clubs. What this has done, is, and I love it for this fact, it's given the middle finger to the salary cap. It's saying that, you know what, when we develop players, and I felt for the 2003 side because what the 2003 side did exactly the same. But the sad thing was once those players get those players fast forwarded, they were sort of on the end of a lot of their contracts. So all of a sudden other clubs were sort of coming in like bloody seagulls and offering this exorbitant amount of money that Penrith could offer, but it would put them over the cap. This is different. This is about now generating a side that you want to be a part of. People pay unders to play for this side and they don't need to pay anyone unders. They just need to look at their juniors. They need to pay, pay, pay the people what they're worth. Um, I think everyone in this organisation, including the fans and including the members that stuck with them, um, deserves a massive uh, congratulations. We knew their potential. And that's probably, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you hate Penrith. I don't hate Penrith. I hated the fact they underachieved with the players they had. They just, they just, they just didn't get it. They had the best. They had a top four side and consistently lost to people like the Tigers. All of a sudden, they're delivering their potential, and you can't get upset with a rugby league club that delivers its potential. And I think that Griffo, I'm sure you've got much to add on this, but I looking at it from a neutral fan's perspective and, and a lover of rugby league, I think clubs like this occur once every 20 to 30 years. We're now seeing something special. This is, you know, you, you look at the, the dragon side of the, of the, of the late fifties, early sixties, the South Sydney side of the seven of the late sixties, seventies, the, 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 the manly side and the roosters side, uh, coming into the 80s, the Parramatta team, uh, Canberra in the 90s, the, 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 the Broncos of the, of, of the 90s, the Melbourne Storms. This is Penrith era. You know, like, you know, if you want to make a hoodie, if you want to, whatever they do, this, there should be books written about what this side have done because it's, it's revolutionary. And we should herald that in rugby league because, We've heralded in the past. It deserves to be heralded now. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, you make a lot of sense there, Shano. Um, you know, you went through a number of of dynasties that we've seen over the years. Um, obviously, the the greatest dynasty of all was the Dragons mm. um, through the the late fifties into the sixties. Um, 11 premierships in a row. You can be pretty sure that'll never happen again. Um, no salary cap back in those days, obviously. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking a bit, a bit about this myself uh, earlier today. Uh, there were the, you know, as you said, the great Rabbitohs teams of the uh, late 60s, early 70s. 
Then the Roosters of the mid-70s, uh, led by Arthur Beetson under Jack Gibson. And then the next uh, dynasty, again, was Jack Gibson, this time with the Eels. Um, 81, I was at that grand final, the first one they won. Um, just, a, just a boy in those days. Um, went there with my dad, who uh, was a supporter of Newtown. Um, but the power team won three in a row. Um, and uh, I dare say they would certainly be the last team to do that. Um, and here we are. And all these years later, and yeah, I know they won another one later in the eighties, but yeah, the, uh, the Raiders, uh, teams of the late eighties mm. into the early nineties. Yeah. The Broncos of the early nineties. Oh, Broncos were insane. Yeah. Were they, uh-huh. were they something like five of six back then? Uh, it wasn't quite that much, but, um, but there was very this interesting stat that was put up on, I don't know who put it up. Um, uh, win a uh, grand final win loss percentages. I don't know who did it. Oh yeah, I, I did see find that on it. social media. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I, I, I genuinely do not know who did yeah, it. When they got there, they generally won. Um, yeah, it was like better. insane. I, I wish I could find it. It was it was such a cool stat. I'll, I'll look we, into it. We've, for we've you. had the storm over virtually the whole of this century, mm. and. Um, and the Roosters uh, most recently. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Penn is quite there yet um, with those teams, but they will be if they win on Sunday. The grand final win percentage stat you're looking at, Shane, I think it was NRL on nine that um, Shane oh, was you're it? looking at. Yeah, oh. and it had... Um, so it might not have no credibility. Yeah, but you know, I mean, take it for what it is. Just to go off that point you made there. No, nah, it was yeah, it was a it was a great little. The Broncos, a... the Broncos in grand finals are six and one, so they've got an eighty five point seven. Yeah, six and one. That was it. But in saying that, the Tigers, uh, the West Tigers, have a hundred percent. No, no, that was rubbish. Record. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at that. the Knights hundred percent record. Two grand I wasn't finals. Looking at that, I'm going to actually talk about some of those dynasties. Um, with you guys in a moment because we've we've got obviously Penrith there, but the team they're coming up against um, Parramatta. Now the the biggest talking point about Parramatta is going to be this this premiership drought, and it was interesting that uh, Shano about I don't know five or so minutes ago you mentioned um, you know Penrith not wanting to be beaten by their juniors. There's actually a Penrith junior that's omitted from the Parramatta team this week that'll be big news when we talk about the team list mm. a bit later on. So stick around for that one. But, but let's talk about Parramatta just very briefly before we look more closely sure. at last week's games, just to give them a bit of airtime because we've, um, we've discussed Penrith there. Penrith. Um, look, it's 36 years since the last Parramatta Premiership. Um, it's, it's interesting, just, just before I talk about them, that you bring up some of those dynasties because you know there were, there were periods in the 90s where it felt as though you know, the Canberra Raiders would always be a, an absolute juggernaut. Their last grand final was in 1994. If Parramatta win this week, the Canberra Raiders move to the yeah. top of that list yeah. of teams yeah. who have yeah, the cool. longest drought. That'll be 28 yeah. years. Um, and, you know, and, and it's interesting too, and it shows you just how quick it can change. Um, the Brisbane Broncos, who we were just talking about then, um, Looking at 16 years since they've won a premiership. I know that's getting a bit off topic there, but no, given the fact that cool. we've got some of those really, you know, successful teams like the Raiders, now we're looking at 28 years. 
yeah. I think what I'm trying to point out here for the, the Parramatta Eels is this grand final, whilst 2009 was their last grand final, I don't think many people felt going into that one that they that they would um they oh, come well, out the victors given circumstances. We're not going to talk about. They were the, the informed team of the competition, and they got beat by a team that was yeah. over the salary cap. But look, yeah, but two thousand and one, they were specials to win. They got they, beaten by Newcastle. This year seems to be their best chance because a lot of people are saying that the window closes after this year. Are you guys no, under the impression look, look, that after this year it's going to be first, a lot harder for Parramatta and this is the opportunity they have to capitalise on? Otherwise, it could be a long long time before drinks. That record could continue. I think oh, Absolutely. Thing, for me, yeah. yeah. Go Shane. I think, I think, sorry, Griff. I think the first thing you've got to address, Gray, is um, what we did when South Sydney won in... F- 14 is that there's a lot of people out there who have never ever seen their team Parramatta win a grand final that you can talk about all the great sides and their bit of and their dynasty in the eighties. They've never seen that. Um, for I, I have, I'm, I'm of the vintage that, that, that remembers it. Well, I, I actually was at the South I'm, Canterbury. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the South, oldest possible person. I was at the that South hasn't Canterbury. Seen it. I was born um, six months after the premiership I was at the win. South <laughs> Canterbury, uh, uh, final at the SCG where I think Canterbury beat us like 22, two. It was pretty awful. Um, but, but yeah, in 86, um, no scores in so, that grand final. So no, 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 not not in that one, not in that one. Um, I think that I think fans. that when we, I think when you look at Parramatta, the Parramatta fans are thinking, well, you know, um, we've never seen, you know, for a lot of people, they haven't seen even oh nine. You know, that's long time between drinks. Um, I I think that for Parramatta, this is, I. I somewhat agree that that, that that it's now or never. When I look at the side and I look at who they've got and who's coming in, this is a premiership, this is a potentially premiership winning side. I would be, I don't think they could make the grand final next year, but I think that with the players they've retained, they should, they should still make the eight. Like if they don't make the eight, there's something wrong. Um, but they've, They've got, they've got the op- look. Whether you're a premiership winning side or not, whether you've got the potential to make the grand final, it doesn't matter. Once you're there, you've got to take every opportunity. Mm. And for Parramatta, I've got to be honest. I didn't think Parramatta would make the grand final this year. I, I thought, I thought if they make it, like when we were rolling into the finals, there was a part of me that said they would just fly out the back door. And wow. when they played Penrith, I thought, ooh. And then I was talking to someone uh, during the week before they played the Cowboys. I said, they just got to get their forwards to do what their forwards know how to do, you know, and give Mitchell Moses what the, the space he needs and, and, and everything. And, yeah, I, I, I look, talking to next year, there'll be a podcast talking about next year. But... Um, I think there's a lot to be said. There's, there's, there's something to be said for skill, right? So when you're the best team and you can play, and you, there's another thing that you can't measure, and that is when all of a sudden you look at yourself and you go, we can make history. And Brad Arthur, he won't be talking about Penrith. 
No, he won't be talking about Penrith till probably, you know, he'll be thinking about Penrith and he'll be doing all his stuff to his team. He's talking about history. He's going, we can be the team that no other Parramatta team could do. We can be the team that wins this grand final. He's going to instill belief. That's what this is about. Well, none of those players were alive the last time they won it. There's, there's, there's and a you lot know of what? Yeah, big, massive week. Big enough narrative. And and the interesting thing too, before we go into last week's games and have a look how they got here, you guys made a good point before that. I don't think in, that um, the mainstream media is making a big enough deal about this week. You remember when the Roosters went back to back? It was a big deal. It was as though before that, it was as though it would oh. never happen again. Penrith have the opportunity to go look. back to back. And look, to be honest with you, I think it'll be an absolutely amazing feat. Three grand finals. Yeah, because it's Penrith. Two like, in a row. The, you know, the Daily Telegraph Huge. loves the Roosters and probably, you know, that's it. You know, it, it, it was all over it because Cooper Cronk was, you know, he was sort of doing his thing there. And Do you think yeah. part of it is because the fairy tale narrative is the underdog Parramatta breaking the drought? Nah, not really. Okay. I, I think... I think I think it's more about the fact that the you know, you know, when the roosters fart, the Daily Telegraph paper goes, you know, like that's what it's about. And I think that I think that I think the Penrith um, narrative gets a bit tainted because of what Phil Gould did, and it's Channel Nine versus Fox, and Fox, you know, it's it's a lot of that too. Um, I I just think it's great that they can just do what they do. They, you know, they got the potential. Like, what is it? Um, Roosters probably the last team to be in. The Roosters or Storm? The Storm get three in a row. Oh, so it'd be the Roosters <coughs> early. No, the last to get three in a row was no, nah, no. Nah, but oh, I'm talking about grand be, final. Be in, in, in three, three grand oh, finals. Yeah, look, it's possible with the Storm. Um, I'm not too sure if the Stormer did it, but definitely the Roosters. In that the era where there was a salary cap. Yeah, uh, we, I suppose we they, There were two, two grand finals there that they won. Um, I'm not sure that, that they did get beat by Manly. Yeah. And I don't then, know if that was all in a row, though. Yeah, that's... I've, I'm, the, why did I have got this gut feeling like someone was in between all that? I could be wrong. Um yeah, because you'd be going back to they the last time I the dragons were the dragons in between all that. Look, uh, yeah. Melbourne. There was if I look back here, let me just have a quick squeeze here. I'm going to get this wrong because I'm doing it on the fly. Melbourne were in the grand final in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. Wow! Right. Okay, so four in a row. Four in a row from 06. So they got beaten by Brisbane in 06, beat Manly in 07 over the cap. Uh, they got yeah. dusted. Remember the 40 nil in 08? Yeah, 40 nil. No, no Cameron Smith. No Cameron yeah, Smith. No Cameron Smith. That was 09, they were over the cap and beat the Eels. And then you had, yeah, yeah 2010, 2010 was St. George, and then Manly beat the Warriors yeah. in 2011. So, Okay. Looking at that, I mean, and yeah, and 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 from there, I mean, hey, what? oh forget- no, actually, actually, I lie. I forgot about the year that they it was them that lost to Cronulla. So, 2016, yeah. 17, 18. Wow. So, so they 16, have been in three. Yeah. So sixteen oh, was they lost oh, to yeah. Cronulla. 
Uh, 17, they beat the Cowboys. 18, they lost to the Roosters. So you don't have to go back that far. Right. Okay. However, uh, it's just uh, maybe because it's... it's unbelievable. If you look at the, if you go back through the last shivers, if you go from 2006 to now, like even if you just go to the last yeah. 15 or so years of grand finals. Melbourne have been in a lot of them. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been, but that, that 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 just shows with the with the with the competition. We've we've talked about the dominance of teams like Melbourne, you know, the Roosters, you know, but also now how many of those how many of those years we talk about three in a row? Like there was a chunk of those years they actually got removed, stricken from the record. Yeah, what would that have been? Oh uh, seven, oh nine. Yeah. So you know, like. You've got to, um, you know, and yeah, and and even when they they you know they arguably had look at the players they had, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, I I think it'd be um it'd be fitting before we talk too much about the grand final later on in the the podcast. We look at last week's games and see how they got there. Um, obviously yep. in this episode, guys, it is our grand final episode. We have, um, we'll talk about last week's games um, to see how the grand final teams got to the big dance, as they like to call it. Um, I promise that's the last time I'll call it the big dance. Um, we've got the grab, we've got the gaff. We've also got a preview of the NRLW grand final. We'll talk a little bit also about um, what Griffo and I dubbed last week as the reserve grade Super Bowl. Um, we'll also give you some updates on how the um, other grand finals in the uh, lower grades went last week. And if you're a Penrith fan, stay tuned because we've got plenty of good news for you. And then um, we'll finish it all off with our official grand final preview. Um, so, look, really, um, the first thing we need to talk about, fellas, I think, uh, in this segment would be the Cowboys and the Eels. The game that got the Eels here to uh, the grand final. Cowboys 20, Eels 24. This was a... I really enjoyed watching this game. I thought it was a really entertaining game. Uh, there was a period there where I thought the Cowboys were going to win it. Um, some great football in this one, Griffo. The, the Eels came out on top. Unbelievable performance by Regan Campbell-Gillard, who, in my opinion, I know we talked last week about World Cup. I think he's definitely played himself into that um, that starting lineup there for the Australian squad, but we'll talk about that another time. Big talk out of this one. I don't want to focus on the forward pass because even Todd Payton said after that forward pass, he said, look, we got eight points ahead. We had an opportunity to go on with this game and we just couldn't hold them off. And it was mainly um, you know, the last couple of tries to Parramatta there through Campbell Gillard and then the one to Sevo that got the Eels home. Um, good game, impressive performance by the Eels. Yeah, I agree with both those statements. Um, you know, the previous week I talked about were really disappointing games um, in terms of, you know, from a neutral, just watching a game of, you know, a sport, you know, it wasn't competitive, but this game was highly competitive. Um, first half, I thought Cowboys were dominating, but they just weren't dominating on the scoreboard. In fact, for a lot of it, they were actually behind on the scoreboard. Um, but the, I just had the feeling they were they were the better side. Um, I think they went in 12-all. Is that right? 
Half time would have been. Nah, Eels, would they have been up at half time? Oh, a couple of penalty goals. I think the Cowboys might have leveled with a penalty goal. Yeah, they got the one right on half time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, which is ironic. Both, both half times. 10 all. Oh, 10 all, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, both half times uh, level score lines uh, in both games last weekend. Um, no, 12 all, you're right. I was right. Wasn't I? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, mate. I, 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 like I it matters. Well, it's. I'll do it. You see, research on the fly. It was even. Um, and it was the same scoreline the next the next night, twelve all at halftime as well. Yeah. Um, as unlikely as that seemed, um, but just on this game, um, I, I, and I, I saw Shano um, outside the yep. the stadium, uh, but just by chance um, before the game, and, and we sort of both couldn't believe that the Cowboys didn't win that game from where mm. they were. Yeah. Um, eventually, they got up uh, twenty points to twelve. They were eight in front. They looked to have all the running. Um, Para, were, you know, out on their feet. They did, very brave. They would, you know, they'd be able to restrict the Cowboys to only an eight-point lead. But it just looked like, you know, the Cowboys were running downhill and. Um, and that's even with Tamalolo spending 10 in the bin yeah well they were on top um, but I think it all turned on a uh, on an intercept by Sean Lane from memory um, and I don't know what happened to the Cowboys they just stopped playing and uh, you know Para scored some soft tries Um RCG just went through on the line twice. We saw Cotter do that for the first try of the game, I think. Um, he, well, for the Cowboys' first try, anyway. Um, so three of the tries were scored by props just going through the middle um, on the line, which, you know, it's not what you expect to see. But um, the Cowboys had plenty of ball towards the end of the game, down in... Paris, uh, 20-meter uh, zone, but they didn't look like scoring. Um, only the one with uh, Kyle Felt out in the corner, that, that, that mm. was no try. And yeah. They just, their attack just just disappeared. Fell away, didn't it? It did, that, you know. Is that a credit to, to Paris middle? Because I thought their middle was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and sure? I, I think, like, well, you mentioned Campbell Gillard. Like, you look at the names that you've mentioned there. You mentioned Campbell Gillard. On the other side, you mentioned Lane. Uh, you, oh, sorry, same side you mentioned Lane. You mentioned Cotter. I mean, for me, they're all in the Kangaroos 17 for those who are so, uh, Reed Marnie had 50. Reed Marnie had 50. Reed Marnie had 58 tackles. I think his tackle efficiency was phenomenal. Near the top. But this was that power game we were talking about last week, Griffo, that the Eels went back to. They they had players in motion. They they went at the line. They ran hard. And I think for the Cowboys, um, whilst the heart was there, it just the, the execution just wasn't there. But but realistically, Shano, for the Cowboys, they're the yeah. ult- ultimate overachiever this year, aren't they? 
Oh, yeah. Look, they've, like, they've played well. They've played well. And, and I think, well, I'm going to say this, Graham. Oh. I think with the, with the roster they had last year, they were kidding themselves. They underachieved. They've purely underachieved. They were horrendous. And, and, and such was, you know, we've talked about the toxic culture that, that, that Todd Payton had to work with and, and that he's busted through and he's done, done a lot of work with. He, he, I, think, I, I think if someone said, had they, would they be one game out from a grand final, you'd take that to the bank every day of the week. Eight points up in control of the game. Uh, okay, I'll t- actually, I'll retract that. They were eight points up. I never felt like they... Oh, it was weird. Like I, the problem was they, they when you're eight points up in that position where they were after half time, you'd think, just, just shut it out. This is what we do. Um, and I was talking, like I said, with Matt Griffo... Um, uh, before the game, we, we were sort of both a bit bewildered by how the Cowboys lost. Because when you're in that position and you you look at you look at the opposition you're playing at your home ground, which is in North Queensland, it's not exactly around the corner in Sydney. Everything is going in your favour. Everything is going in your favour. It's just that people just didn't tell the the. Um, Parramatta eels that, which is quite interesting. But um, yeah, I, I I just thought I thought it was um, I just thought it was bizarre that that you know that what the the Cowboys ended up producing in that game, but Parramatta were were well and truly on fire during points of that game. Reed Marnie's tackling was outstanding. Um, when you look at their forward pack, their forward pack just made meters at will. Um, you know, Dylan, you know, Regan Campbell Gillard, 149 meters, Paul Paolo, um, 150 meters, Sean Lane, 135, Papali'i, 140 meters. Um, you know, Ryan Madison, although he was not on for long, you know, he for what they did, um, for what they did, I thought, you know. I think Ryan Madison was um, 154 metres. So that... that It's, that, it's that almost fair to say running, that, that Parra won the game. Pretty, it's not oh, like the Cowboys lost it. Yeah. No, Parra might yeah. have won that they game. They come up against a good oh, team, mate. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, that, and that's uh, the thing and, for the Cowboys. I was just going to say, just back on the Cowboys too, that they even though they went down to Parra on the weekend and... You know, I mean, Cowboys fans, I don't want to get into the controversy. They're going to argue, look, there was a trial for forward pass. The next one was all we had oh, in the beam. you got by eight. What do you want they to had do? opportunities. and no. But but overall, just before I forget, and I know I've talked about this a lot, I, I, I talked to Griffo about it last week, and um, I think we were in agreement on this. Todd Payton, you know, <laughs> I'll use a teaching term here. Our teacher friends would love this. When you look at the learning gain, so rather than looking at the end result, you look at how much someone's improved. Um, Todd Payton, I, I think he's a special tomorrow night. Um, yeah. For uh, the Dalian Coach I, of the Year. I think this time can, tomorrow night, we're seeing him accept that award for Coach I, of the Year. Can I say why I think he should get Coach of the Year? I know what Fitzgibbon has done. And, 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 and he had what what... What Todd Payton has done this year is he's turned 
not only has he turned this side around to a, to a great football side, he's turned their culture. It was a toxic culture. He stepped into something. He stepped into a shitstorm. I can't find another word for it. People were leaving at will. In the background, people were just walking out. Like, I know of two people as part of that organization that walked out with nothing to go to and said, I'd rather walk out to nothing than be a part of this mob. It, it, it was becoming that bad up there. And I get frustrated where some people who are a part of that come out now on the radio and in the media and say, oh, look at this, look at what we've done. You've got to pipe down. Todd Payton was the reason why all this happened. He proved himself as a people manager at the Warriors when he was there. He's now taken this team to where it needs to be. He's gotten in, you know, he's looked at what he's had. He's a very, very good coach. Um, I, I only assume he's going to have a very good career there if he stays there. Um, I think for the Cowboys, in my opinion, though, their, their roster is going to wax and wane for the next couple of years. They've got people off contract, people going elsewhere. They've, they've Especially below the, the next tier down where you're sort of drawing from, I think when he has a full handle on who he picks, who he has, um, everything around them, and getting their Queensland Cup um, equivalent to sort of be competitive, I think you're going to find it very differently. I think, I think they're sadly the, the the Cowboys are sadly two injuries away from looking very ordinary, um, and that's what happens sometimes with certain clubs. I think if Todd Payton gets five good years there, he could build something there that could be special. Some of the key players, though, I mean, they have signed. I, I see what you're saying. There are a couple of key players, though. You can see that they're building a team around Drinkwater, yeah, signed to 27. No. Cotter, who I think has been phenomenal. I mean, he's he's in the Australian team for me. Twenty. Um, he's, he's signed to 2025. Another bloke I want to ask you about, Griffo, because this links into the conversation we had last week, and I didn't bring him up. We talked about... Now, I'm not, I'm not expecting him necessarily to be in you know any representative sides, but last week we talked about the number nine for Australia, and we talked about Hunt and Grant, and the fact that uh, quality players like Cook and Coruscant miss out. One player who we haven't talked about in regards to um, being a top-quality hooker is Reese Robson. Now, Reese Robson, for me, he's right in that conversation. And if you're looking at the next player on the list that we're going to move along after you cook Coruscant, Grant, and, you know, and, and the um, representative is Hunt, I, I think he's been instrumental you know, as well. And what, I don't know if what you're talking about, about players that, What are you talking about players that, before you get on their hooker, did and, um, and his role this year has been brilliant. Yeah, but, he's been huge. Talk about your hookers. The whole spine's been good. But no, Robson. Yeah. Robson's one I think we don't talk about enough on this podcast. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts, Griffo, because oh. I know we talked in depth about those other hookers that we expect to be part of the kangaroo squad. 
He's been very good, Robson. Got called into the blue squad this year. Was obviously a bit younger than uh, than both Appy and uh, Damien Cook. So yeah, he's about twenty-four. Oh, okay, yeah. So he's um, he's probably the next best after those guys. Um, you know, we got the Braley brothers as well, um, eligible for the Blues. But I think Appy at the moment is the premier hooker in the state of New South Wales, and I think. Uh, you know, we saw that last night. Um, so sorry, Sunday night, mm. maybe Saturday night, even. Um, <laughs> did you watch uh, the game again on replay? <laughs> I probably did. I've been yeah. trying to avoid it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, he's up there, will come. Oh, absolutely, he's very good. Um, and uh, you know, so good that, that Freddie brought him into the squad for game three. Um, yeah, so uh, you know. Damien Cook's obviously been the man for New South Wales for a number of years. Um, but I think Uppy's going ahead of him. And, and Robson's uh, certainly nipping at his heels as well. So, um, you know, South, uh, did, did he end up re-signing? I know there's been a lot of talk about it, um, Damien Cook. Um, I don't think anything's been made official okay. as of yet. Um, yeah. his contract at this stage is for next year as well, 2023. Um, okay. all the talk is that he will resign, but I don't think anything official has been made as of yet. Right. But, but he's yeah. still a great player, but I just think he's falling behind some of those other guys now. Yeah, no, fair enough. And look, I'll, I'll be honest with you because I'm going to say this a lot tonight because I also want to. Keep in mind the fact that the the Dalliem awards are on tomorrow, and I just thought I'd you know get a bit of a build on that conversation from last week where we talked about the Australian hooker because um I, I don't expect I don't want people to go oh Graham said that Reese Robson's going to get the the Dalliem hooker of the year I'm not I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is when you look at the um the nominees and the people that are in contention for that I think his name deserved to be there so. While we were talking about the, the, the Cowboys, I thought that was definitely something to bring up. Um, look, when we go through their squad, and I mean, Shane, you brought up Dearden. Uh, he's been phenomenal for them. Their whole spine really through, you know, drink water. They've had a really good year. And these are players that this time last year we were saying didn't necessarily have yeah. the strike power. We were saying they didn't I buy think, enough players in the off-season. And this is why I think Todd I Payton think, deserves a lot of credit because rather than buying players, he's built these players. Look, I think put simply, um, the hallmark of any team in this position is to do it two years in a row. Simple as that. They've, they've, they've now got to come yeah. out next year and do it again. Yeah. And we've seen lots of teams be in this position that the following year... They can't do it. And that's the difference. If this side can do it two years in a row, then you build something. If it's a flash in the pan, well, you finish outside or bottom eight and you're languishing. Yep. I've also got a Dalian prediction. Uh, another cowboy, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, yeah, he's my, my pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, he's mine um, too. I think they'll... Uh, look, I've got Todd Payton for coach of the year. Anyway, look, you know... I know we'll go through a few of those as we yeah. as we kick on, but um, great season from the Cowboys. 
I don't think the Cowboys fans should be too disappointed. It does hurt when you get close, and I know that at about the 60-minute mark the other night, they felt like they were going to get very close and that they should have been there, but um, well, they can hold their heads up high. They've had a great season. Um, we also know the Panthers have had a great season. We've talked about them, but another team who has had a, an excellent season, I think, given where we expected them to be and given the fact that only five or six weeks ago they weren't guaranteed of a top-eight position, that was the Rabbitohs. They went down on the weekend to the Panthers, Whilst they started strong, they got out to a um, 12-0 lead. We know the way the Panthers play. Um, they're, they're going to play for 80 minutes. I, I don't. I know we're going to talk about the Rabbitohs mainly here because we've got the Panthers later, but I just want, while I think of this, Griffo, I don't know if I have ever seen in the history of the game a team that understands better than the Penrith Panthers that a game of rugby league goes for 80 minutes. They can be down 12-0 at the you know, the 35-minute mark, it doesn't bother them because they know that they can... And I, I often say they strangle teams. They just grind them down. They know that they don't need to be winning at the 30-minute mark. They need to be winning at the 80-minute mark. I don't think I've seen a team that is better at understanding the the, the game's 80 minutes and utilising that than the Penrith Panthers that we've seen this year. Yeah, I agree. Um there's been a few games where they've been behind and um, against good quality teams and they don't panic um, supporters might panic but <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but do so can you uh, yeah so yeah look they, they and they, these are I don't know if they're still the youngest team in the comp, but um, they play like they're all veterans uh, in terms of they don't really let anything get to them. Um, they have obviously incredible confidence in in their you know their own ability and and the ability of the the guys around them. And, and they stick to their processes and uh, more often than not, they come up trumps. Not always, but um, like the other night, 12-0 down. It wasn't just a score. It was everything. They, they weren't getting the rub of the green. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk a bit more about that later, but to have four tries disallowed. Yeah, two of them were three. Three, three of them three of them disallowed before they had any points on the board as a supporter you're just shaking your head this is not our night you know um but they just hung in there and eventually things happened and um cream rises to the top as we say well it, it generally does it generally does um just on south so i know we talked about this earlier um, I, I think, as you said, they've had a really good year. You think of the, um, the new coach, you know, super coach Bennett goes. Generally, after that, teams That's true. collapse. <laughs> yeah. Now, they, they they weren't at their best early in the year until Shano put a rant out there, 
And um, <laughs> we needed we needed a rant last week. He wasn't in a rant. We needed a rant yeah. last week, mate. So the rant after the uh, Dragons game down at Wollongong was was <laughs> quite one of Shane's better ones. Um, and and ever since that, they've uh, they've turned it all around. But I want to, I, I, you know, we talked about this before we started tonight. Um, I think you can't really undervalue how significant it is for a team to make five prelims in a row, three different coaches. Mm. Um, in terms of from last year to this year, and I asked you the question last week, which 17 gives you more confidence, last year's grand final team or the team that was, was going into the Panthers game? Um, and, you know, you did cite the big difference being Luttrell. Um, I, I've got a theory on Luttrell. I, I've got, I think he's so brilliant, but I think he could be better utilised yeah. by playing him in the centres of defence yeah. and oh, yeah. back yeah. in attack. Um, yeah. Southampton specialist fullback. They do. They need a guy against well, the good teams who gets to the ball. I think you're talking about positionally in defence. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's well, a guy called we, Blake Taft. Well, that's it, Shane. He's the guy. You want to rant? I don't know, mate. Is he? Shane's got a theory that he's had it off with the Metro's misses. But I think, but the, the, there's that yeah. combination we talked about last week. There's that combination between Latrell being slightly out of position and Cleary pulling the fullbacks out of position intentionally, of he does. and it just yeah. Two two tries were scored off kicks where but he was that nowhere. Where he just grabbed through. He just saw something. Went. It was late in the game. He just saw. He goes. There's nothing happening. No, no one there. I'm just going to grab it through yeah. and do it myself. It's phenomenal. It's a, it's a different in class. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, look, I, I mean, five prelims in the last five yes. years. One of those are grand final. No premierships, sure. obviously. I know a lot of clubs, look, I'll be honest with you, in, in the 90s, we would have loved five prelims in a grand final. It's, cons, cons, yeah. you know, it's... it's 90s, we actually had a few. <laughs> 90s, we were rubbish. Oh, 90s, no, 80s. 80s. 89 80s. was the last day. Oh, yeah, 90s would loved anything. Yeah. But um, look, I, I think from here, and also too, I think um, for South, one thing we, we we can't remember, we can't forget, I suppose, um, Carpool Rugby League favourite, the GOAT, as he's known as South Sydney, on yeah. here we call him Smashing Baby. Give it to us one more look, time, Griffo. I'll do my best, but with it. Smashing Baby. Yeah, lovely. Uh, last... Last game for the club the other night. Um, he's moving on to the Dolphins. Dolphins. He always ripped in. He wore the jersey a hundred times. Um, that I think he's worth a mention, given the fact that we uh, we love he him is. on the show. No, most definitely. He's he's been a very good player for South Sydney. Um, he's, he played his hundredth game the other night. Um, he's he's always given a hundred and ten percent. Interestingly, when we've had some of the more flashier front rowers in the side, and, and you can talk about Totola and that as well, he's the guy that just holds the ball and scores a try. You know, like the crash play, he's the safest houses. 
Um, Greg, can I just go back to your when we t- you talked about five prelims in a row? Just yes. Trivia for you. Oh, it's from Morgan. Good trivia. Can I just talk about that five prelims in a row? Um, interestingly enough, uh, ABC Sport bought it up and used us as the poster boy. Yes. As that. Um, go on to Instagram, ABC Sport. We're there, uh, front and centre. Can I say this? A lot was said about South Sydney and their five in a row. In two of those, they overachieved. I think this year was one of them. I yep. think it... I think at any stage in this year, if you said we were game out from the grand final, um, I'd take that. I think also, I think also, um, uh, there was the year before we made the grand final, not last year, year before. I think we overachieved. I, we beat Newcastle in the game. I think we finished sixth, maybe beat Newcastle, something like that. Um, the the year I think that really South Sydney threw away and all that was the year Seabold was their coach. Um, I've said it numerous times. Had he spent more time coaching than concentrating on his career, that was the one that got away. 2018, um, I think that would have been. Yeah, 2018 was the one that got away. Even against Canberra, I know that Wayne Bennett was pretty salty about that year. Um because that was the year I, that um, I thought that they beat thought, the Dragons. There was that famous game against the Dragons where Reynolds scored three field goals. Yeah. And then the week later got yeah. done by the Roosters. Is that the year I'm thinking of? Yes. Um, I think that... They had a good team that year. Yeah. I think that I think that, that was the one that got away. When we got back in the comp... If anyone had said there'd be there'd be a ten year period where in that ten years you'll win a grand final, you'll be in another, you will spend seven times the game before the grand final and twice not make the finals, you'd take that. You would have said, Yep, I'll I'll take that yeah. any day of the week. And that's been South Sydney since um, you know, sort of more or less since 2013 where, where, you know, I know that Russell Crowe took over in 07, but 2013 was really the line in the sand where they said, we'll throw everything but the kitchen sink at this side. Um, probably 2013 was their opportunity. They, they probably had a fantastic team that year and, uh, and, pro, and you know, should have beaten Manly. There's twice where I think they probably should have been in the grand final and weren't. I, in the grand scheme of things, you make your own luck and you make your own destiny. And even even during the week, at uh, twelve nil, you hold the ball, you do everything you need to do, you go in at twelve nil, and and then you make Penrith work for it when you pass it to your forward in the backline move, who does knows what he was doing, and then knock on to Toto, who you know. He's the last person I want to see get the ball in that type of thing. Yeah, um, at twelve all, the game was over. I at halftime, I I knew it was done because we'd done it before. Uh, that's yeah. how we beat the Roosters. Um, so a lot's been made of this whole 
five-year prelim thing. I think that last year, um, you know, sadly in one play, Cody zigged when he should have zagged maybe. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. And that's what the history books say. And I think that you've always got to be there or thereabouts. You know, it's, it's funny. Someone was talking to me during the week about South Sydney and premierships. And I said, you get to 21 and we'll start talking. <laughs> like, you know, fucking don't start. Like, what are we? We're, we're 21 and 21 and, and 21 and 15. Like, you know, you've got a lot of premierships to get to before you start telling South Sydney about what it's like to win a premiership. In the modern game, I get it. I really do. But we've won premierships where other teams haven't. So when you start talking about the volume of premierships, every team in this competition has a mammoth task to get to 21. And I dare say, if anyone gets close to 21, South Sydney and the way they're going will be at 22, 23, 24 before that happens. So that's that's my thing to anyone that's that's critical of South Sydney's five. I, I'm proud of this club. I'm like you said, Gray, in the nineties, when we got kicked out, when we were marching up and down the streets, you know, you you did take that in a heartbeat. I'd rather and fall I'd, short five times than be the Tigers. Then yeah, and this is it's, what we're but no, but about. what we do is we're giving too much air yeah. to the media spinning a negative yeah. on the fact that they've been yeah. successful. Quick thing here before we move off South. Um, you know, Griffo, you asked me the other day whether the current um, you know, South City team was better than the one last year. I know this is totally different, but Shane brings up a good point. I've got the lineup from that 2018 prelim final we lost to the Roosters where we didn't score a try. Holy dooly, that team would have wiped the floor with both of the teams for the last couple of years. Gee, there's some talent in that team. Yeah, it was dumb. It Far was super. Out. Apparently, look, if you Goodness listen to me, if you, you want to hear this, to everyone, you love you this show. Apparently, Seabold was Holy MIA dolly. for three weeks. And yeah, anyway, you want, anyway just, just a quick flick through Johnston, Graham, Inglis, Gagai, Jennings, Walker, Reynolds, Tom Burgess, Cook, George Burgess. The back row is Sutton, Crichton, Burgess. Cam Murray's on the bench, Heimel Hunt, Davida Tatola, Dean. Brit, gee, I'll tell you what, yeah. Roosters had a good side that year. Yeah, they were Borson. Of course yeah. they were. Cronk and Cleary, Blake Ferguson, Omaroski. Mm. Good team. Anyway, look, um, I think just wrapping that up in a nutshell, South Sydney uh, did well to get to the game that they did. Penrith were the better side, deserved to be 100% the grand final. they were. And Penrith I think because awesome. that's the thing too. Like I was, I actually wasn't at the game. I had a prior engagement, um, and I was at a, a a function that I could not get out of. However, there were a lot of Panthers fans there. I was at a at a wedding. It was my um, wife's cousin. A lot of Panthers fans there, and they're giving it to me, trying to get a rise. I mean, I'm like, guys, like you, you you're the best team <coughs> in the league. If I get upset when we get beat by the best team in the league, like why? Why? I think, think, and you know what? I think there's no no disrespect to anyone who might have done that. 
No, that would just have a laugh, and obviously, that would try to roll me up because I knew I was a big fan. And I said, guys, I said, you're not going to get anything out of me because realistically, I said, look, I, I'm not going to get upset. I think the thing was they couldn't understand that I was disappointed rather than angry. I can't be angry because we weren't the better team. We haven't been all year. Yeah. Penrith are the yeah. benchmark. Penrith are the team to beat. I said to them, I said, look, I said, you know, I said, as the team that comes seventh, um, yeah, you know, we've, we've done well to get to where we are and I'm proud of the team. And look, for, for the Panthers, they're, they're marching on. We're going to talk super in-depth about them um, going forward in the podcast. We've got a big grand final preview coming up uh, as our main event to the podcast. That'll be right at the end. But um, look, I have a feeling, I feel it in my bones, that there were two games this week. Um, I don't know what got Griffo's grab this week, but I do have a feeling we might be talking about the Panthers who knows, but let's head over and see what we've got from the chameleon. What you got, mate? Uh, I'm pretty boring. Um, I'm pretty predictable. I am tall. Yeah. Um, as, you know. Huge, were, huge moment. Well, it was. Um yeah, you know, I was sitting at the game and, and you know, we'd had three tries disallowed already. And, um, so just sort of talking to the mates and, you know, this, like what mate, one of the mates said, this is sort of like the, the Melbourne grand final two years ago. I said, yeah, we're not playing that bad though. Um, and I thought, you know, if we can go, if we can go in at 12, six, you know, good chance. Anyway, then Appy steps up and scores. Um, and then Salsa on the attack. Um, Latrell, I think, I think it was Latrell passed to Campbell Graham. Mm. I didn't think it was that bad a pass. Sure, it wasn't. Um, you know, he coughs it up. Toto starts, sets sail downfield, and you know, obviously, every Panther fan's out of their seat. Jumping up and down, like, um, but you know, Toto, he's not the fastest winger going around, and Cardinal and Myrtle coming from everywhere. What I didn't expect, what really grabbed my eye was how he just bumped off Cody Walker, like, he was swatting a fly. Insert Shane Rant here. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, like, a poor attack. It's contact with Damien Cook, who then accidentally trips over the other guy that was chased. In- incidentally, it's probably the only decent contact Damien Cook had all night, but anyway. Um, and then, you know, you're like, I think on one of the, one of the commentaries, um, they called it a Stephen Bradbury moment, but it was almost <laughs> like that. Because, um, yeah, there was all these guys chasing, and, and I was thinking he's not, you know, he, he's not going to have the pace to, to outpace all these blokes coming after him. Um, but, yeah, it was a Bradbury moment. Um, but uh, from that point, you know, Shane said it earlier that, 
he thought was game over at 12 all at half time. Yeah. Um, you just got the impression that, you know, one team's got all the momentum. They're going into the sheds um, fully energized. The other team who, for most of the first half, were the better side, um, didn't really have all that much to show for it on the scoreboard. And, um, and that's the way it panned out in the second half. We really didn't see much from South Sydney at no. all. And we, we talked about that you last week, Griffo. We yeah. talked about how they grind teams down. And I said, South, at any chance they've got to start strong. You mentioned when, um, when half an hour in, they were 12 nil up. I thought, this is what we need to be any chance. But I'll be honest with you, at half time, um, yeah, my wife said, How are we doing? Because she asked me in the last update I gave her was 12 nil. And, you know, she was really excited. I... And then when I gave her the update, I said to her at half time, I said, We're fucked. We're done. Yeah. Can I put can I put Damien Cooks like the end of that half? I'm gonna put it in perspective. The first thing was the Coruscant try. He stood there next to him sliding over. When that doesn't go down as a missed tackle. I think his one missed tackle might have been the top one. No, when he when he watched and watched him go over, I remember Maguire used to say used to get criticised because when players would dive at the line at the opposition, South would have seven players just dive all over the player. And they'd say, why is that? And he'd say, because if it goes upstairs, it hides the ball. It hide- no, no one can see whether it's hit the ground or not. No one can see if it's hit the line or not. If it goes up, no try, it's guaranteed to be no try. Just give him a... Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And then the next one, I don't know why you're shadowing someone who's trying to tackle a player, but Damien Cook has done some brilliant things for South Sydney in the past. And he's you know, he's a very good player. In these big games, we talk about the five years South haven't made the grand final. I can't think of one year where he's been the best player in a losing side. He's just found wanting every year. And you can talk, look, you know, lots come out about Latrell Mitchell and taking pain-killing injections and this person being injured and that person being injured. Um, I, I think To'o's try was just one player wanted to score more than the five that chased him wanted to tackle him. Yeah. And he scored it. It's Good on him. Difference you know? in class. Difference in class and attitude. Yeah. Yep. Well, Gaff, Gaff, isn't it isn't it fitting that the Grubs from Penrith and the Gaff is from uh, the music first? Yeah, we'll give him some music. This one deserves a lot of music. All right. Now, I'll get this out of the way early. Friend of the show. And when I say friend of the show, um, good friend of ours for a long time. Not just friend of the show, but personal friend. Grant Atkins. I think he <laughs> owes me a six-pack of beer because up until, uh, ooh, I don't know, about the 60, what, 65th minute the other night, he could have been getting the gap for that forward pass. We're not going to talk about it. We, we mentioned it 
um, the other night. I think, Obviously, I think the touchy. I think the oh, touchy. Yeah, needs yeah he's made on the sideline. Yeah. I know the touchy on the sideline. True. I'm, I'm, I'm giving oh, yeah. it to him a bit because yeah. we often Grant, talk about. We talk about meters away. I know, and, and he's the poor bastard that's got to blow the whistle. That's it. He wears it. Like he yeah, is. That's true. Because, it's tongue in cheek because we love him. Um, Guy on the side. Fair income, that one. And, and it was an awkward one too because it was sort of the, the way... Yeah, I mean, turned I around. And... Yeah, it's podcast land. You guys can't see me do the big swing on my swivel chair here where he turned around. But anyway, that one was, was up there. But um, look, if you want to throw $2 in the jukebox that is the Shane Rant machine, I'm going to mention Tane Milne's high tackle on the weekend. Yeah, That's fun. my gaff. Can I can I add something to that, Graham? <laughs> I thought like, you might. I, 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 did, I, knew the, I knew my segment. I've just just shoot to me on the run you're sheet finished. for Graham's gaff. I've just gone Shano ten minute rant. But look, you know what I'm getting at here. Tane Milne, we know the other day. I mean, he's facing. I think he took the six weeks, which is great. Um, because uh, look, it's oh, not no, great. I'm gonna fight it. Get eight. Well, look, it's not, it's not, it's not great for the New South Wales Cup team next year for South Sydney because um, that's going to impact them significantly, and I think that this could be. Re- I know with injuries and that you never say never. I mean, you know, we saw on the weekend Richie Kenner come in and play for for um, Alex Johnston. We know that which is the a depth sad may be tested. To where they where they were at. But anyway, keep going. I know the depths will be tested and so on and so forth, but I think that um, Tane Milne, given the Roosters, he got fined twice and Sinbin twice against the Roosters. He got sent off the other night, got six weeks. The way he comes in, look, there's an issue there, and I think Shane... You'll be able to when I say sum it up. I'm not mean. I don't mean in a concise way. I know this is going to be a good rant, but no. effectively, no. I think he's lost his spot in the South Sydney starting lineup. I and I don't I, think he's he's adding to the South Sydney team. And yeah, he's he's got it wrong too many times in recent weeks and big games. I said to you, Graham, that young man has played his last game in a red and green jersey. Um, can I say this? First in, attack, one, anyway. in attack, he is a phenomenal winger. And even the other night, bar one, that was more good luck than good management, um, he 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 caught the ball. In defense, but is that credit to him or Lachlan Ilias? Because in defense, I think in, that Lachlan Ilias and Campbell Graham help him out significantly on that right edge, and Clive oh, Tony yeah, running yeah, good lines. Yeah. Oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I think that I think that in defense he gets it so wrong so many times. We talk about the Roosters game and the way he got fined. He's actually had a suspect uh time before that. He panics, he runs in, he jumps at the player and he hits him in the head. That is not what I want my the players of a club that I support to be about. That the first point of call when you're in trouble is to knock someone out. Um, he got sent off and he should have been sent off. Um, there was no question about it. As soon as he hit him in the head, I, I knew where this was going. I, I, I think when you look at South Sydney, they've got a young, they've, it's not necessarily young in football terms, but Isaac Thompson, 
I think his hamstring injury will be will be fully fixed by next year, and he will be the other winger for South Sydney. Um, I just think that what frustrates me and where the rant was probably coming from is that this young man got given a chance through through injury, through through suspense, a lot of different multitude of things. He got given an opportunity, and Rather than use the opportunity, and he does, he scores tries, rather than use it to his benefit, he didn't learn how to do things defensively. And and when your defensive default is to jump in the air and hit someone in the head when you're in trouble, teams, you don't want that. It's, it's you know, I... I it's dangerous. Yeah. I just want to know Poor what Blake. Taft, I just want to know what Blake Taft has done. But anyway, I, I look. I could is rant. It, but it it's that, just a. It's it's just a poor technique. So rather is, than you, I've got a you've been in the biggest game, you've been in the biggest game in your career, an elimination final against the Roosters, and you stuffed up. Rather than spend the fortnight working on your, what you do. You, I don't know. I suppose you did catching practice. I don't know. Like what I when you see certain wingers in the competition, good defensive wingers, they come in, they hit low, they hit hard. When your default is to hit high, you have nothing. You 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 you've got nothing. You don't back your size. You don't back your skill and you don't back your technique. Don't be in the NRL. I think I've got a theory for you. And I know we've talked a lot about South tonight. We're going to get on to the grand finalists. We're talking about Tane Mill. I've got a theory. What? The right wing for South Sydney is cursed. I think the fortune, you got to, you got to, like, this is a piss take here. You're going to like this. I think the fortune that South Sydney have down the left wing with Alex Johnston, the the universe balances itself out. The but right wing, get... the right wing is cursed. Cronulla, Cronulla, the game they scored two tries down that wing. Hot day doesn't make a good summer, mate. The Schlieffen plan. Saying. The Schlieffen plan, wasn't it? I will look. Uh, I will give you. I will give you the right wing strong. That was his dying words. I will give you in World War One, and it didn't go well for them. They got to look. have a balanced team. Okay, everything which... in balance. That's what the force says. Everything Shane, in balance. Let's play a game of which one of these is not like the other. Mm-hmm. Alex Johnston, Jackson Paulo, oh. Josh Mansell, Tane nice Mill. Wow. Tell me which one of those no, are down the right okay. hand side. No, no, but what does that what does that highlight? That highlight. I don't know. That highlight. It means we need to buy a winger. Floor. No, but they've got one. Isaac Thompson, the poor guy got injured. Yeah. It highlights a significant flaw in anyway. In, in depth there. Anyway. Game this week. There is. I'll tell you what, before we get to the big game, there's another big game this week. Um the NRL Grand Final will be happening, and we've got a big preview for that. But um, last week, Griffo, we were, we were talking with great excitement about the teams that are taking place in the Telstra Women's Premiership. Um, Upset. Yeah, look, last week, we, we basically had the 
the Knights and Roosters penciled in for the grand final. Parramatta fans rejoice. Um, they've got another team playing on grand final day. We've got the Knights taking on the Eels this week, Griffo. Um, just interested to hear your thoughts on what you made of the weekend of uh, Women's Rugby League. Um, there was a fair bit going on on the weekend with the Women's Rugby League. The women's, um, we saw the all the Prime Minister's uh, match on the weekend and look there was lots of football but we'll stick with the NRL for now and I'll get your thoughts on the other stuff later but Knights and Eels are going to face each other this week yes they will um, quite surprising the Eels won one game in the regular season um, that got them into the semis on uh, for and against you'd have to say it's it's a weird competition when you can win one game and lose four and make the playoffs. <laughs> win the grand final. Ali Briggs, she was, she was crying last week. I reckon she was kicking the TV this week. Um, I, um, I, I was out Sunday afternoon. When I got back, I actually watched the um, Dragons-Knights game because that was the one I was most interested in, I thought it was going to be a contest. Um, so I sort of watched that on replay. Um, and, you know, that was a convincing win to the Knights, who look a really good rugby league team, got some great players there. Um, I didn't end up watching uh, after that the, the Eels Roosters. I just sort of took it as a fait accompli that the Roosters would win that game. Uh, the undefeated Roosters before that five out of five. Um, and I think it was just in the call of something I was watching where, where they mentioned the, um, the Eels making it through to the NRLW grand final. I couldn't believe it. And they just make it. They, they pumped them. Um, it was just today that I actually watched the mini KO mini of the, the game and the Roosters uh, just bombed and you know at least two tries that I saw in the mini um, you could say three tries um, just from the, to the two the two bombed were just unmarked winger um, or you know a person unmarked gets a good pass and just spills it I think one of them was Isabel Kelly, actually, the second mm. one. Um, so they, uh, to some degree, handed the Eels uh, a grand final berth. Um, congratulations to those girls. It's a weird situation, as I said, where, you know, one game gets you into the playoffs. Um, and then you come up against a team that's won every game and, get them on the worst day of the year for them where they were just bombing tries and then end up beating them. So, um, look, they're a chance against Newcastle. Um, But... uh, Newcastle will be hot favourites given how they've gone this year. Oh, yeah. Incredibly. Incredibly because they're they're playing really well. Um, I think they win well, actually. We were there when they played the Roosters, Graham. That was a belter of a and game. And that was a belter we were, of a game. Like, we were really? That at 
the Newcastle Knights should have won that. They should have won that game, and, a, and an intercept was thrown late. And but but the other flip side is, if there's two sides, I would hang my hat on in that competition. The Roosters were one, and the and the St George Illawarra Dragons were another. I thought when they scored that extra point field goal win, the Dragons season had turned around. This was it. They were gonna they were gonna come home in a blaze of glory and then wow, I just couldn't believe what was what I was watching. Mm. Well, so this two, week two weeks oh, ago, the Knights pumped and they got in the thirties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beating the Dragons. Thirty to six yeah. this week. Um thirty to eight last week. It was I can't almost believe uh, what I was watching. Almost uh, oh, it's, it's the biggest win of the night over a dragon since uh since you know St. George himself. St. George himself. <laughs> I thought you were going to have it. I was going to say there's a Game of Thrones reference in here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, the Knights, they'll they'll go in hot favourites for this one. Um, look, don't underestimate Parramatta. I know – look, I don't want to get into a conversation where we – look, it is what it is, and the, the fact that Parramatta won one game and then made the finals and this and that, it, it – Look, we everyone knows that that we want more more teams in the female comp. We want a longer season. We don't need to go into that. Basically, we'll just go off what was happening on the weekend. But to talk about the Knights, um, look, they've, they've they've got some some great players too, and they they deserve, I think, to be favourites based on what they've done this year. I mean, last week we saw tries to I think Upton got a couple. Um, Takarengi yeah, was great. Takarengi scored a try. Uh, for those playing at home, um, that's Brad's sister. Um, they've they've got some quality across the park here. The Newcastle Knights, I think. Yeah, the the halfback Southwell is just an incredible yeah. player. Um, and... The skills that that young girl. I mean, she's a girl. She's seventeen years old. Uh, the skills that she's right? got. Like um, I've heard Matthew Johns talk about the fact that she's the most uh, gifted halfback in Newcastle, and that, you know if they could get someone to go on and make tackles for her, she'd have a spot in the in the men's. <laughs> saying that she's a really good defender, like, but uh, Jesse Southwell, what a player! Yeah, no, nah, she, yeah. she's playing well, Thank and you. the um, the girl that kicks is it uh, Dib the Kira Dib, yeah, Kira Dib, yeah, um, and she's and. Good. and I'm going to call it Carpool Rugby League favourite, Taylor Predabon. I think Taylor Predabon, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's outstanding think, off the bench the, with the offloads. phenomenal. And I think um, I was talking about it last week that, um, you know, she was making those strong runs and um, I was there. Remember that day we were there, Shane, when they were playing the Roosters and we were watching yeah. it and your daughter was just like, wow, look at her go. And she was the player that was making those runs and, that was that was real life experience seeing her inspire another young young yeah, lady yeah. and Millie Boyle. Um, she be the, she's the captain, isn't she? She is. Yeah, I'd imagine she's she'd the be the captain of Knights. Like she's yeah. she's phenomenal. There's a lot of lot of talent there, but look, I mean, Parramatta fans, the, well, the fairy tale well, narrative for Horn, them. Well, how about Horns? Horns try last week. Chip chip through. For her to chase the kick and and that try she scored was just phenomenal. I think that they've got one of the best centre pairings in Horn and Church. 
I, I, I think that when you look at those two out wide, whether you kick for them, whether you pass them the ball, whether they hit the ball at pace, you know, they do what classic centers should do. And, and I, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think really out wide on the fringes is where Parramatta um, might find some value. And I look, the Newcastle Knights, they do have they do have some some very, very good players and, and players who have established themselves in in already um, WNRL folklore, Upton, Boyle. And you know Southwell, who I think is probably the best um, player, but you know what? On their fringes, in the centres, I think that's where um, Parramatta might find some value. And um, Taylor Preston for their halfback, I don't think enough gets made of what her contribution has been for Parramatta. Albeit, you know, you talk about the way they've played. She's a She's a very good defensive player as well. I think that, you know, if if they want to play the type of game they played last week where it's certain trick shots out wide, chip and chase, they're up for the challenge. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mentioned on last week's podcast um, uh, a number of years ago, my elder daughter played in a touch footy team with Ash Quinlan. Yeah. Um, Ash Quinlan is the best female touch football player I've ever seen. I think yeah. she could do. Um, This is going back, you know, they would have been early yeah. teenagers then. But, um, and then, yeah, no, she's, um, she scored the first try last week. I think she, yeah. she said the week before she might have had two or three try assists, another try assist last week. Very, very skillful young lady. And, Highly skillful. Um, and 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 really, people are touting her as the Benji Marshall of of the women's rugby league. And you know where he 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 cut his teeth in touch football. It's it's easy to see. Yeah, yeah. I think she, I she think was she, a, a Kiwi. Yeah, she's. Uh, I and think was, she's played touch foot when she's played at the international level. She but, she did play for New Zealand, even though she grew up here. She's um, also an Oz tag. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't well. be surprised if she's yeah. So she's all rounded skills. Yep. That's why, mate. How good? Like we we said it outside the game the other night, Griffo. That you know we're looking just as forward to the women's rugby league. Oh, yeah. As as we are the NRL. You know, like like did we say it outside? Or we might have said it uh, around the water cooler during the week. You know, like. That's why there should have been a game before your game the other yeah. night. Like we're just anyway. thinking, like it's been so good to watch. Like the the the, the quality this year has 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 been has. phenomenal. I I am concerned about the the level of depth, though. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, I I think you know obviously the Knights, the Roosters, and the Dragons are, are very high quality. Um, you know, Power made the, the grand final, so obviously they got something going for them. But um, I, I just do think jumping from six to 
to 10 teams no, I, next year. Can I say it, something? Yeah, concerning can I say something? In an something? ideal world, we've got more teams, but you've got can to have I the say, talent there. Can I say, I don't think for Women's Rugby League at the moment, it's about more teams. It's about more matches. Yeah, I think I think rather than about each player, team, yeah, twice, this, you know? yeah, I, I think I think five rounds is adding adding another it. team, adding an it, it you don't want like the NRL or ARL whoever did this says we don't want this to be tokenistic. I think if you're going to add this many teams, they at the very least have to play each other twice, and then. Rather than do a whole final series, which is great, I, I get it, but but I would have thought this year, first two over the line for a grand final would have sufficed. Yeah, you only got what you given six what teams. you got, and, and the amount of yeah. and the amount of games they played. Like, I really think that right now, rather than adding teams, and I know there's clubs out there who have very very good women's rugby league teams, and then. In their respective competitions, they're toweling oppositions. I get that. But I think this is what we got. Let's utilize this perfectly. Let's have more games rather than more teams. I, I, I think no problem more with games. more games, Shana. Yeah, as long as they're more competitive. Games, more, Just, yeah, yeah, more yeah, games play more, more footy. Than more teams. I agree. But what I it, think more games is more important than more teams. Would it be the... Look, look, what what's the argument again have it against having a longer women's season? I don't know. I don't have why, one. Why why oh, why, why is it a, with. Yeah, why is it a tack on to the end is, of the season? The silly thing is like what frustrates me is okay, let's take the thing. I don't know what majority of their games before no they're, they're playing before other NRL games they're playing at, at other venues I don't think the whole cost of this competition can be brought into question as an argument I if they play each other three times does it matter you know what I mean like uh, play more, more, games, more women's get footy is good get a clear device get Get a clear top two, make them the grand final, and it's done. I know. Look, the interesting thing for me is, um, and I know I'm going to keep talking about uh, the Dalliums because they are tomorrow night as we're recording this. NRLW, I've, I've got the Knights. Knights are my favourites to win. I know last, last year um, we saw... Two joint winners actually with the with the Dally M Award for the women's. Um, last week we saw last last week last year I should say was um, uh, Tonegado and Millie Boyle from memory that was right wasn't it Griffo with joint winners. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Tomorrow night they're going to give out a Dally M female player of the year. Now, with the Roosters' dominance, I know it's a small season, it's hard. I'm actually I'm actually predicting an Isabel Kelly win. I think that throughout that um, NRLW season, she might have been the most um, most dominant. I don't know if you have a thought on this, but I'm, I'm getting in early 
um, officially recording this before the winners announced. I think Isabel Kelly might be the one that gets the award. Um, yeah, she certainly was in good form for most of the games, and the Roosters, you know, they had the first loss last week, as you said. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe we might see a Newcastle night, but um, it could be Millie Boyle goes, yep, goes back again. to back, uh, possibly, possibly just Southwell. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how they allocate whether they do it with a three-two. Yeah, or I don't know if do. they got a point system or whether um, they get to the end because such a short season and go look. Because um, you know, because I don't know. Do they have an, a Clive Churchill medalist equivalent? Do they have a a woman uh, of the match? I don't know, I don't know. That they do, but I'd say if they don't, they probably that will come in. Um, mm. Big performance tomorrow from a knight or an eel could... Look, if, if Millie Boyle's the woman of the match tomorrow, she might be a crack at going back-to-back. Back. I, I just get the feeling that um, regardless of what happens tomorrow, Isabel Kelly has been... Um, yeah. Yeah, if they... Uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. If they do a, a 3-2-1 based on the whole... I might say the whole season, the... You know, the six weeks or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I thought Isabel Kelly was good and I was actually very surprised that the Roosters aren't there. But um, we're, we're expecting the Knights, I'd imagine, fellas, on this one. I know Newcastle so I know Newcastle fans would love it. Parramatta fans will think that, you know, it'd be great to go um, both the uh, female and male grand final winners. But um, I've got the Knights in this one. I think that's fair enough, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, fair enough. I'm going Knights as well. Yeah. I'm picking upset. Uh, He's going the Eels. Uh, I, I think they're going to throw caution to the wind. I think they're unorthodox play. I don't know if it'll work for the full 70 minutes, but, yeah, I think it's going to rattle the cage a little bit. There you go. Rattle the cage of the Knights. Well, um, I do like the Knights, though. They are a fan favourite. They're the people's team, the Knights. Well, the last Not one... Not so, say more. Not so... Oh, <laughs> they're the no, pride no, of the no, league. The... They're, pride of the they're the pride of the league. Yeah, the women's. We don't have a women's team, but that's uh, another story for another day. Uh, uh, all right, um... Look, all, all I was going to say all, the talk, all that's left to talk about is the uh, NRL Grand Final, but I'll tell you what, before we go into that, um, it'd be remiss of me not to mention the um, the Reserve Grade Super Bowl. We do have yes. Um, yes. the Penrith Panthers are a part of this. And look, on game day, I think they're playing before the NRLW Grand Final, which I think is great to give the NRLW... A bit more prestige. Now, help me out with this, Griffo, because we know that Penrith are in the grand final for first grade, also known as the NRL. They've won the New South Wales Cup. They're in the uh, reserve grade Super Bowl, as we've dubbed it here on Carpool Rugby League. They'll be play, taking on the Norse Devils, from my understanding. They've also won 
let me get this right. They've, they've also won the flag and SG ball. Is that correct, Griffo? It's quite an achievement to this point in time. So in the men's they... game, they're looking for the for four grades. If they win on the weekend, all four grades going to penalties. Yeah, it's never been done before, apparently. Um, so it would be a monumental achievement um, for the club. Um, obviously, as far as I'm concerned, I would give up all the other three to win the <laughs> yeah. NRL. But, no one remembers us, um, but, but it just it, yeah. it shows that... But uh, so that... It proves Shane's point from before. Don't buy players. Create them. Get our youngsters. Yeah. We've got big junior base. Push them through, and that's what that's what works. Well, it's worked for Penrith. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, when when you've got that sort of depth in your club, not just in your top thirty players for the NRL, but. Um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing achievement. Uh, if if the you know the NRL team can can take it out on Sunday night, um, I won't say it'll never be repeated, but gee, it'll be yeah, it'd be unlikely that any club could could do that again. Obviously, we're only talking about Sydney clubs that would be eligible um, because. Yeah, the two junior-less, uh, junior league competitions essentially, and then the New South Wales Cup. So, um, out of Sydney teams don't have sides compete, but uh, just yeah, it'd be great if it happens. Do you know who the soon. last oh. winner of the uh, flag was? Good bit of trivia. Well, it was a couple of years ago because uh, yeah, it was because COVID. COVID. Uh, you know who player of the match was? Blake Taft. Blake Taft playing halfback. Far out. Uh, halfback had a wild unleash. Anyway, fucking. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to change our little <laughs> Apple podcast thing to explicit. I think we've had enough f bombs in the last few weeks to to warrant it. I don't anyway, think we had any uh, last week. Now, last week was tame. The week before was wild. Beat, yeah, beat Canberra from memory. Anyway. Beat Canberra, 16-14. Blake Taft put a huge bomb up, sparring bomb that he went through and they <laughs> caught the ball. Blake Taft did that. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, back to the... Was Elias in that side, Shana? <laughs> no, Blake Taft was halfback. Elias was oh, okay. Elias was... Yeah. No, Blake well, Taft. Any, was... any other... Guys that you know were sort of aware of. Does he ever beat Canberra? Mama's, wasn't it? Yeah, Mamazelos was he? Was he in that time? He would have been in there. Um, okay. Yeah. No, Ilias was five eight. Taff was half. Oh, Taff was half. Ilias. Yeah, they were the halves. Eight. That's it. Yeah. Paulo was in the centres. Yeah. Oh, and they still won. They still won. Actually, Leave no, Mamazoulos wasn't. I feel like Josh Cook was in that team. Oh, no, true. Possibly. Okay. Mamazoulos off the bench. Anyway, Penrith anyway, won it this year. Billius and Taff were the halves. Anyway, back to a team that's playing this week. 
I think the most titles has been is Canterbury <laughs> on nine. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about it once. Just for flag. Yeah. Flag. Look, if we get excited every time that uh, flag won, well, Penrith, Penrith, you know, Penrith did have a good flag. Flag. Uh, this is where all the this where it starts. No, I no. think I think I think I think Canterbury have nine, and South Sydney might have eight or nine equal. I don't know. This is the junk that's in my head. Jeez, you can Google mate. it. Anyway, prove me wrong. What's flag uh, under eighteen? No, no. Well, I think they played it as twenty ones this year. They this did. year they did. This year. Yeah, because I think um, SG Ball was 19, Ball, yeah, 17, 2016. No, there's 19 rather than 18s, and Harold Matz was up a year. They did it because of yeah. COVID, didn't they? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure SG Ball was, was 19. Yeah, because it's normally 18. Um, I think, I think, I think, playing, here we go. Uh, this is stretching the memory banks. Maverick Gaia playing 20, like he's 21 this year, so. Um, yeah, they, they put the flag up to 21s for this year. This is stretching the memory banks. I think in the late 60s, we went from 17 to 18s. And then it went to 19s somewhere in the 90s. In the early 2000s, it went to 20s for memory. And then it went to 21 this year for the first yeah. time. Because... You also used to have what was called the President's Cup. Yeah, that's right. Which was um, like part of the three grades. When 20, you went 20 or 21. So there um, you go. Again. Yeah. It has changed. Largely, those changes have been because of COVID in the last few years because yeah. they, they never got to play a lot of those boys. So they wanted them the chance to, to play at that sort of level. And we need it all on one day at the same ground. You know what I mean? Like the old, you remember the old, you'd have the three grades. I'd love, and I know we, we, we digress and we go here every now and then. You'd have your, your lower grades in the males. And then ideally, um, given the talent pool prior to first grade, have the, the equivalent teams playing the women's, then first grade. That's a perfect world. Yeah, yes, but... It was a different time. It was like that's when most of the games were on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. You know the the first grade games, mm. um, and and you did you had three grades, the under well the under twenty threes back in, you know my day. Yeah. Then the reserve. Then reserves, and they were yeah, numbered yeah. through. But you see, but this is that's my right. point, and not to harp on it, but I think we mentioned it. Did I mention it last week? I don't know if I did. We were talking about we sat at the um, the the semi final game, and there was there was no game prior. The first game was first grade. They had two blokes DJing. Yeah. They had no hope of winning over the crowd because they just did not want to be. Like the crowd didn't care if they were there or not. For me, you know how they talk about cheerleaders. They talk about you know I mean there's been drummers. There's been all sorts of. Pre-game entertainment. Do you know what the best pre-game entertainment for me is? A football, football. game. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm with you, Greg. I'm with you. I, 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 
I've never gone to a game of rugby league to watch the pre-match entertainment. I go there to watch the rugby league. Um, you know, I know they got. You know, I think Barnes is playing. Yeah, Barnes. Grand final. A, That'd be good. But all if he didn't play, I wouldn't care. If there was no pre-game nah. entertainment, I wouldn't care. You know, just drop. You know, back the time to the. The uh, the Super Bowl of reserve grade and then yep. the ladies get no one sings a song care. Okay. No, uh, I'm happy to watch the footy though. But like uh, the first game's on at one twenty or something. It starts. I don't know if I'm going to get there. Yeah, that I early. think. Yeah, that's no, the um, reserve Super Bowl. It's not till seven thirty. Because yeah. I think the the women's game's about four ish. So yeah, something like that. Four thirty. And then you have, you've got the um. Yeah, the musical talent of Jimmy Barnes. I think Diesel's there. Listen yeah, there, so. Some um, other people I've never heard of. So. Sheldon Riley, who I think was the... Never um, heard of. Sheldon Riley was the uh, Eurovision Australia That's why contestant never heard last of it. year. Yeah. <laughs> Look, talk about <laughs> styles. Talk about a styles clash. Um, love Sheldon Riley. However, not sure that the NRL's his demographic but we'll see how it goes listen that's all good Diesel, they're trying it they're, Josh they're trying, to, um, still trying to get i guess different interest groups i suppose but it's good it's only the footy that interests me yeah look at the end of the yeah. day you and i could be singing beforehand it wouldn't matter it's all about penrith and power isn't it at this stage it is yeah and look look I'll, to be honest with you for the last time this year let's hit the uh the whistle and kick for the kickoff for our um, our match preview. There's only one left. It's the grand final. Well, just the kick. Let's go again. Let's give a whistle. There's a whistle. There's a <laughs> kick. That one always buggers up for whatever reason. It's a dodgy little uh, program I use for Ding. that one. We get the kick. We get the whistle. Look, I'll give my usual introduction. Not that this game needs much of an introduction. It's the Battle of the West. It's the Penrith Panthers taking on the Parramatta Eels. Um, in all fairness, from my opinion, and I know it'll come out in the preview oh. from you you guys, I think the right two teams are there given the way that the finals panned out. Now, for the Panthers, <laughs> I was going to say the big news, but I'm going to call it ironic. Don't you think? That Taylor May has failed to overcome his hamstring injury. He will miss the grand final. So all that bullshit about him serving his two-match suspension next year. Um, in the end, he ended up missing two matches this year anyway. But, but we won't talk about that. Uh, Taylor May, he'll be out. Um, I know that's big news for Panthers fans. Charlie Staines played last week against the Rabbitohs. He's going to get his chance in the grand final. I'm going to look on the positive side. This is massive news for Char- Charlie Staines. Good on him. Well done for being in a grand final and representing the Panthers. Um, you know, this time next week, he could be premiership winner. So good on Charlie Staines. Um, Viliami kickout and Staines were both charged last week, um, but they're cool to play. Um, look, they're all good. The Panthers are ready to go. Um, yeah, it's just that, that Taylor May change for the eels um very interesting the team news very interested to see what you guys think of this nathan brown he's on to the interchange for his first game since round 17 i know on the podcast we've been calling for him to be a part of the side for a long time um 
However, you know, ironic yet again, uh, Bryce Cartwright, last name of Cartwright, not taking place in the grand final when they take um, the field against the Panthers. He's going to make way. Arthur keeps his space on the bench. Um, Opacek failed to overcome his hamstring injury. So Simonson again holds his spot. He's on the reserves list. I don't know whether they're thinking that he may be half a chance. But I think the big team news here, fellas, is the fact that May is out. Charlie Staines from last week holds his spot. And Brown in for Cartwright. Um, I'll get your thoughts, Griffo, because... I'll, I'll be honest, like Charlie Staines, I feel like around Penrith is a bit of a polarizing figure. I, I, I talk to some people and they say, look, um, good on him, he's made the grand final. I talk to others and they go, shit, he's playing the grand final, we don't want him there. He's, he's a bit of a polarizing figure out there in Penrith. Some people, you know, have, I, I think, look, I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of fans are nervous that he's in the side because he's not necessarily the first choice winger. Yeah, there's no doubt um, what you're saying is is correct. Um, he, I think he's, I think he was pretty good the other night. Um, he did make an error in defence where um, he sort of rushed up and took no one when uh, Richie Kenner went over for his try. But apart from that, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, he certainly, uh, both in attack and, and defence, was was quite committed. Um, and, uh, yeah, he nearly scored a try. In fact, it should, the NRL have come out and said it should have been awarded. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, look, I don't think he's as good as Taylor May. But um, he deserves his spot. Deserves his spot. Um, in terms of some of the Parramatta uh, change or the, the change in Parramatta, that was a, a massive change with uh, Nathan Brown coming back. He's, he's hardly played a game. Uh, well, he hasn't played for months in, in the NRL, uh, and it's a, a change of policy by by coach Brad Arthur um, to to bring in Brown, who a lot of the fans and and a lot of the media have been calling for for some time, um, but this is he's going to get his opportunity now um, at the expense of Bryce Cartwright. Uh, they're very different players. Brown, sort of known as a tough guy, no nonsense. Um, he'll certainly give it 110%, both in attack and defense. We know sometimes uh, he crosses the line and uh, is responsible for, for a penalty or two. And, you know, so I guess that's probably why he's been out for so long. Um, Cartwright might feel a little bit aggrieved, even though he hasn't been in there every week. But the guy that's missed out for the last few weeks, Makatoa, played almost every game this year. So, uh, yeah, he's sort of gone down the pecking order there uh, as far as team selections go. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so not too many changes really from from uh, how the teams lined up last week. Penrith and Parramatta just uh, well, Penrith no changes, uh, and that change has come in for Para Nathan Brown. What do you think of the changes, Shane? Uh, well, yeah, it's. Parramatta, what do you say? Like, mm. they look <laughs> for more of a power game. I, I just, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that says, okay, all right, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, Jake Arthur. I thought you were going to say it hasn't been a good week for the Cartwrights. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one, Jake Arthur. He played no minutes last week. He's fresh. Like, he's fresh. Like, what, what, what's the go there? I think the papers called it nepotism. But, well, they've called it for what it is. <laughs> I like, don't you know. know. This guy, when you look at their changes, you look at who's in, you go, okay, Nathan Brown, okay. Um, Upper check. Well, was he in twenty? I he's yeah. If he wasn't crook, he'd be in for Simonson. Oh, absolutely. That's right, hundred percent. And I just think that Jake Arthur here, when you look at their bench, like this guy is the is the nineteenth man, eighteenth man. Sorry, like what's going on? That look, son, we, I'll, I'll I'll put you on for the grand final oh. for a few minutes, and you can have a ring. I, I'm sorry. In the grand final against Penrith, you don't have that opportunity. That's my biggest elephant in the room. Like, talk about all the changes that you want, and um, but yeah, it it yeah, I. But what, that, what, that's where I see the glaring problem being. Do we even know why Nathan Brown's been out of favour for the last seven or so weeks? He probably gave the middle finger to... Has this been a... Look, this has been a... For me, this has been a a mystery. I, I think he's a quality player who provides a lot off the bench and he works hard in the middle. I, I, I don't fully understand. I don't know. I don't know. Like, this... I, I, he... Yeah, I don't know. It's hard one, isn't it, really, to understand because he has him there taking up a bench spot and, and he doesn't play him. Or if he does play him, it's only for a few minutes. So is, so, so, let's try and get into Brad Arthur's head. Let's separate the the fact. Like, we don't want to get into that that rubbish area where we know it's his son and all that, that garbage. Looking at it, uh, is he is he purely there just in case, like one of the backs shit themselves? Yeah, well, the halves. Like he's not even that versatile across the back line. It's it's like heaven forbid Moses pulls an injury, and they need another half. And look, let's be realistic. Okay, all right, all right. okay. Moses pulls Say- an injury. They're buggered anyway. Say Moses pulls an injury, right? You, for for what one of a 
okay, that all turns to crap. Mm. So Moses pulls an injury for whatever reason or for whatever reason or whatever. Okay. So you know that your halves are buggered. Wouldn't you throw someone like, you know, Penasini in there and then put Nathan Brown in the centers? Oh. Look, uh, like, like to have Nick, to have Nick Corey can play in the center. Nick Corey is your center. Like to have to have Nick Corey is your back. Point is for me. My point is okay. So what you're saying is that we can do it without Jake Arthur being in the. For side. me, for me, Nick Corey is your backline cover. Yeah. For me, yeah. Nick Corey comes Bryce in. Bryce Cartwright. Bryce Cartwright Bryce Cartwright blows my mind. That's a good point. There's a stitch up here. Arthur out, Cartwright in. Very good point. And that's the thing, too, that we were talking about last week, Griffo. Para fans were calling for Bryce Cartwright to come in, and we were were taking the mickey because we said that they've they've misunderstood because they didn't mean Bryce Cartwright and Jake Arthur. They meant Bryce Cartwright instead of Jake Arthur. And now Bryce Cartwright's on the bench. Bryce Cartwright will not play the grand final against Penrith. This blows my mind. Well, as it stands. uh, What, you reckon there's going to be a last-minute switch? No, I don't, but um, because he hasn't done it before that way. He's not known for it, but... Maybe he just uh, he wants to keep him guessing. I don't know, uh, but you don't it's do it it's you. just a waste a waste of a bench man if you if he can against, only basically cover the, for one guy. Otherwise, he doesn't come on. Why wouldn't you have the extra? Like, to me, also, like, okay, Bryce Cartwright. We know that if it turns to dust, he could he could play five eight if. If he had, yeah, to. absolutely. And he has played for and He has, and he's got the ball Not skills. Not for power, but he has no, but he has. And the the thing is, too, he's he's a he's a back rower against a team that you know is going to grind you down, wear you out, where you need as many troops as you can on the field. Like we talked about them squeezing teams out, grinding them out. Why would you go in with a three man bench? Bryce Cartwright can come in. He can give one of the back rowers a rest. I, I know you don't want, say, a Sean Lane or a Papa Lee coming off because they're great talents. But if you gave them a rest with five minutes to go until half time, gave them the half time rest, and then Bryce Cartwright played for them for that last five minutes and the first 10 minutes of the second half, and you pop them back on fresh, that's what's going to nullify this Penrith role. I just don't understand it. Jake Jake Arthur being there blows my mind. I don't understand it. And in a grand final, if you're playing ifs and buts with a player that may not get on, you're playing the wrong game. You go in with your forwards on the bench. If shit happens in the five, four or five percent that one of the back line gets injured, you deal with it. You don't plan for the, the minor percentage you plan to have fresh troops, a good rotation on the bench to give yourself a chance. Because if you've got blokes on the bench and you're covering on the off chance that one of your backs may get injured. But not even one of your backs, Graham. Just one of your halves. That's it. That's exactly right. It's not even that versatile. <laughs> you can't play. 
Like if Gutherson went off, I would have put Jake Arthur at fullback. Like it's no, it's no, bizarre. But... It's it is bizarre. And this the thing that worries me: if he wasn't the coach's son, I'd think they'd like they pull a switcheroo. I just I don't see. I don't see it. It blows my mind. But then again, I'm a punter with a podcast that 100 people a week listen to. I'm not 100 the... now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're up there. Oh, I'm, not the, I'm not the Parramatta coach. But anyway, um, apart from that, the, the Parramatta side, to give them credit, they're a good side. Um, we talked about Campbell Gillard. We talked about Reed Marnie. Sean Lane, for me, I think is is playing phenomenal. Charles Junior. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll leave that one. He also played at the Dogs, didn't he? Junior Grace. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, did he play at Manly as well? Oh, I might be wrong on that, but he's he's had a few clubs. But look, he's found his oh. form at Parramatta. Oh, definitely. Side definitely. note from last week, Griffo. Has he done enough? Is he in the Kangaroos squad? Well, I th- think so. Yeah, I got him. Um, too. I mean, I don't know uh, whether they pick the the kangaroos. Uh, I'd assume they probably have to after the grand final will be named. But yeah, we didn't really, you know, prepare our kangaroos twenty four. But um, you'd have to think Sean Lane would be there uh, on form. Yeah. I'd have and, Dylan Edwards, by the way, too. Yes. Yeah, in the I squad. Yeah. Fair. Do you know yeah. what? And that'd be that'd be a good reward he can for play a great wing. player. He'd wing, he'd wing. be a good wing stocks are down at the moment. I, I was true looking at a few, you know, because um, uh, with Suali'i saying he's not playing for Australia, top yeah. ball, top, um, the hammer Samoa. is in the in the Samoa the squad. Also in Samoa. Um, yeah, we don't. Uh, we're not flush with quality wingers. Um, yeah, I, I think you could take Edwards. Uh, I know he's not gonna, unless Tedesco got injured. He, he wouldn't play fullback. Nah. Maybe against one of the minnows, but uh, I think he could uh, do a job on the wing, where he runs the ball back. But yeah, because Ado Car and. I mean, you've got your, you've got Cobo. I saw Adekar. a few. I think it was Michael Ennis and Corey Parker. Both had Xavier Coates named on yep. the wing. I wouldn't even have, have him in the squad. No, I'd, I'd. I he should be playing for Papua New Guinea, shouldn't he? Sure, surely that was the Cobo and thirteen, wasn't it? <laughs> um, well. I, I saw a you know squad or a team named by I think both Ennis and Corey Parker and they both had Xavier Coates on the wing. I couldn't understand. They didn't have Ado Car. I think they might have had Val Holmes on the other wing. Uh, yeah, because I, I I'm assuming Holmes and Latrell are the centres. Well, I would think so. But you see, the thing is too, if you've got an they injury... had White in the centres. Again, oh, I, I wouldn't okay. agree with that. Necessarily, mm-hmm. I'd like on the bench, but I'd I'd even look if there was if there was an injury, and I know this like I, I agree with the Edwards thing, and I know this doesn't support it, but if there was an in, injury, I'd be um 
I'd even be putting Matt Burton in and pushing Val Holmes to the to the yeah, wing. for sure. Yeah. Anyway, we digress again. Um, I still look, had Moses before Cherry Evans, but I know that won't happen. Yeah. Look, we talked about that last week. Look, we obviously, did. Cleary's yeah. the 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 form half. We've got Mitchell Moses the back. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put something forward here because I don't know if we talked about it enough. Um, this this grand final, I think, fellas, is going to be the battle of the forwards. Now, when we look at Leota, Coruscant, Fisher, Harris, Kickout, Martin, Yo, that's that's a very tough forward pack to beat. They come up against Campbell, Gillard, Marnie, Paulo, Lane, Papali'i, Madison. I'm I'm almost arguing and, and calling this the battle of the forward packs because I think eight through thirteen, we could have two of the best here. Certainly got two of the form forward packs. Um, different styles. Um, Paolo, Baolo and, and RCG are much bigger bodies than Fisher-Harris and, and Leota. They're probably given away 10, 15 kilos. Certainly, Baolo is massive human. Um the altar and Fisher Harris are only just tipping the scales, just over 100 kegs. Um, the thing about RCG and Baldo, they're also mobile, so they're hard to stop. Yeah. Um, the thing about the power forwards is the offloads that, that they're able to they just don't play that a power game through the middle. They can offload and they do offload, and that's that's something that Penrith have struggled with um, earlier in the year uh, to control those offloads. Um, I, I th- whichever team forward pack sort of gains the ascendancy is certainly going to be the more likely victor in this game. Um, the halves, obviously, both talented. I rate Moses highly. I think he's the second best half in the comp, probably at the moment. Maybe just ahead of um, Jerome Hughes. Um, and, and I've got DC. I don't even know where I rate, I rate him, but it's not in the top two. Um, Dylan Brown's a danger man. Uh, he's had his best year. He was quiet against the Panthers a few weeks ago. Um I don't expect he's going to be quiet on, on Sunday night. Um, the fullbacks, in, in a sense, are quite similar in that the, the, the style of play is that they're involved in everything. Um, yeah. Both they're in attack and defense. They're, they're busy. Yeah. They're exactly the opposite to Luttrell. Um, <laughs> the, they work hard, no, but they work hard when their team yeah. doesn't have the ball as much yeah. as when they do. And I think that's yeah, the point. They're you're not, they don't have the, they don't have the skill or the power that Latrell has, um, but uh, they don't. Ha- they also don't have the the magic hands that he's got. But but, but, but they're involved. Is huge. Yes, and I reckon, given all things equal, Gutherson, Edwards, Latrell all play twenty five rounds. 
I um I think that these two above him on the Dalian three two ones. Uh, I'd say so, but I, yeah. you know, this year Latrell missed a lot of footy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, as as I said, if they all play twenty five rounds, oh, so yes, the yeah. importance. I, I actually think that I think that I don't know why Dylan Edwards doesn't get the. I don't know why. I, I, I think he's, he's getting. I, he is getting. I don't he think deserves he's so anymore. much credit. Can I say this, Dylan Edwards? Dylan Edwards cops a lot of flack. For a series of games he played four or five years ago, where he dropped the ball oh, and was horrible. No, I mean out at Bathurst. He he, he has. I can't. Like, like, I can't remember a shit is, game in the last four he years. He is one of guy. the most underrated players in the NRL. He is phenomenal. Whenever he plays well, it always goes back to a crap game he had four or five years ago. And you mentioned one in Bathurst where. I know. I remember that years one. Years ago, it's it's, it's almost like oh, but remember that, mate. You don't need to be a farmer. You don't need to dig up old crap to find. I'd love for him to get the church all this week. Last week, brilliant. He was love brilliant. Could week you imagine? Before, he was brilliant. Week before that, yep. Like Dylan Edwards, week in week out, and you know what? I think he's one of the inform. He's one of the. He's in been informed for three years. He he's is a, one of the informed in top. Get him in your super coach. He is a super coach favorite. And you know what? He's a stat freak. You know what? This is the thing. Is he Ryan Pappenhausen? No, no. he doesn't have to be. Do you know why he's not Ryan Pappenhausen? Because he played most games this year. No, but the thing is, no, this. but you look at these superstar halfbacks. You talk about Latrell. You talk about Pappenhausen. This guy's playing every bloody week and killing the stats. I think that was the point I was trying to make. <laughs> Is that... Sorry, thunder. <laughs> no, but it's true. He and you, you're 100 right, Greg. He he plays every week. He kills it every week. The problem is, is that he's not Cleary. He's not Luai. He's not. You know what I mean? He just does his yeah. job. So when he's not the guy, there. When he's not they, there, he's not, not there. The, yeah, that's I think true. there was a game, might have been against the Storm, where he was out. Um, there was, but it was so noticeable that they just weren't the same side. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure it was actually. It was Charlie Staines played fullback, and uh, they lost that game. Not not because Charlie Staines played fullback, but just. The team, like Edwards, organizes the defense. Yeah, and he does a very good job with it. And he's in, and he's in position ninety nine out of eight. And that's where I'm going to stick up for Staines too, because people who go, oh, Staines play fullback. They're no, you're not. It's not as though Staines did a bad job. It's Edwards does such a good job, yeah. and he never gets the credit for it, and it never gets talked up. He's he's not on the back page of the papers here in Sydney. He's not the bloke after every game that gets interviewed and asked about if the crowd are booing him X, Y, Z. Dylan Edwards, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm calling it now, and I know we're getting to the point, fellas, in the podcast, whereas the, the captain and the person who runs the show, I'm going to ask you who wins, why, and who's your Churchill medalist. I've got Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is my Churchill medalist. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Because <laughs> a fair chance is that 
that, that if he's if he's winning the Churchill, that probably Penrith's won the game. <laughs> unless there's unless let me look at it. Unless Kickow's, I'm just trying to find a Kiwi that's the best player, and then they give it to the losing side because that's what normally happens when uh, the losing side wins the Churchill medalist. It's a Kiwi that's the best player in the field, but. I think it was nice Jack White might have been the last one. Yeah, Jack um, White. Yeah, when um, was that when Rory Hargraves Cherry. was the best player? And was it yeah. Cherry Evans when um Cherry Evans when possibly uh, when Sonny DWZ. Bill Williams? Yeah. Oh, oh, look, I'm not going to talk you, about Kiwi players. Kiwi player. Look, Bradley Clyde. Oh, made, you're saying does, Kiwi? Okay. Sorry, what I'm saying yeah. is when the Kiwi, I've got a theory here. When the best player on the field is a Kiwi. Oh, okay. Oh, the, that's the what you're Churchill. saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got a theory. When the uh, best player on the field is a Kiwi, the Churchill medal goes to the opposition team. Okay. That's a theory. That's a theory. Just getting back to the game. Uh, I'm going to get <laughs> back, back on track. <laughs> uh, well, normally I'm the one getting us off track. But, um, yeah, look, I'm going to tip Penrith. Um I, I think it's, you know, pretty close to a 50-50 game. Um, Parramatta know that they, they've got the ability to beat the Panthers. They've already done it twice this year. Um, Penrith were good enough to, to win uh, last time they met in the, the first event. Um, sounds like I'm breaking up there. Um, You're just rapping. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That'll be a first. Uh I, I do, I do, and I've said it all year that I, I do think Parramatta is a really good rugby league team. Um, I also sort of mentioned that uh, whichever team in that first week lost that game, uh, Parra or Penrith, that I could see them going through on that side of the draw mm-hmm. and making the grand final because um, it, it was it was a softer side to the draw, um, and, and that's that's how it's panned out. Paris paralleled what Penrith did last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that's not a good omen, by the way, Graham. But, uh, <laughs> not for um, you guys. Look, if, the bottom line is if, if Penrith play to their best, they win against anyone. Um, so while, you know, we can talk a lot about Parramatta and, and uh, I greatly respect them, Um as, as a football team at the moment, as was mentioned earlier, this is the, the window. Obviously, you're in the grand final, your window's open. But I think win or lose come Sunday night, that, that window probably just about closes with the players they're losing next year. So it's all on the line for these guys. Their supporters have been waiting a long, long time. They've got a huge fan base that gets bigger, obviously, when... Uh, when when they're winning, not like any team, I guess, but um, but their f- fan base is is massive, and, and it always surprises me just how many young people follow this team who've, who've never <laughs> really seen success. Uh, I guess it's a family thing passed on, uh, but uh, so I know what that's like. Yes, no, but just on that, because yeah. I'm not going to cut you off, Griffin. I'm going to go back yeah, to right, and ask no. you this because I'm very interested. There, there's a couple of things because I've got a lot of friends that are Parramatta fans and they're 
parents were Parramatta fans who lived in Western Sydney yeah. prior to the Panthers existing. So Parra were the Western Sydney team and they've passed it down. I think that's the point you're getting yeah. at. And as you said, we, we talked about it last week off air, um, that they've got a big fan base. Given, given that they've got this big fan base, what are your thoughts on the um, the crowd on Sunday night? Because, like, do well, you I feel... I know it's got to be pro-power, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel... And, and do you feel that the... Do you feel that the average fan... Say, for example, I was a fan of South, Cronulla, North Queensland, whoever, who do make the finals, and I brought early tickets, and I went, you know what, I'm going to keep my tickets and we go to the grand final. Do you think they're going to be backing the underdog in Parramatta? Do you think it's going to be a pro absolutely significantly? Unfortunately, I'm still on Facebook. I have a, a few of the, like I get the Fox sports feed and the nine NRL feed and, and just, and, and the, obviously the NRL feed itself. And it's just a whole lot of dribblers on there. Basically. <laughs> do, do you know what just, sits me about the media? Like Fox sports, NRL nine, I'm going on a tangent here. Us on here, we're about promoting the game. For whatever reason, when I watch that shit, I feel like they're trying to put the game down. They're trying about to building get, it up. Nah. Yeah, they're not build, They're not about building up the game. They're about building up revenue for yeah. their media organization. We're a non-for-profit organization. That's right. This costs us money. <laughs> um, but just there's just over the last few years, so much hate for the Panthers. They've almost become the new Melbourne, in a sense that. The majority of supporters, if they're not Panthers fans, um, they just constantly hate. Um, and you know, can I, can I, can I rebut that? A bit? I said the majority, not uh, not all, but because I actually think the majority of yeah, I don't think it is. I actually think it's a. I actually think. I actually think there's there's two things here. I think the majority of football fans that really appreciate what that club has done. I think there's this undercurrent of fan moron, yeah, who <laughs> listens to who listens to and watches and watches a certain kind of media outlet, who then gets frustrated at what that media outlet then produces against the Panthers, but then in the same breath will post something good about them. Is this the like, same media outlet that one week will be down on them, then they win, like, and then they're like, up like on this them? Is and... the same, this is the same media outlet. We're but, talking about Fox. Come from because talking about is, particularly Paul Kent. Well, this is yeah. the same media outlet. Kent. Mate, this is the you same media outlet that for years, for years called South Sydney Chiefs. Cheats. We never exactly, fucking win. How are we cheating? I know exactly. You know, in 2014, I England the way English came in. I think, I think what the biggest this problem is the same is, mob that got rid of us. I think no, it's. Sorry, I no, think that. No. I think when people say, "Oh, it's tall poppy," I don't think there is a tall poppy syndrome around Penrith. I think what the problem is is there's 
this perception that everyone dislikes Penrith. I don't know if everyone does dislike Penrith. No. I think you'd tell for I think you'd take Penrith at face value. You love but what I, they do when it's if great. You, if you watch and when it's grubby, it's grubby. If you you watch, just take it for what is a face if you value. Watch, if you watch if you watch rugby league on a regular basis and you don't say that Penrith are the best team in the NRL you don't understand the game. I don't know what you're watching. You're wasting your time. Well, I, I, I'm not disputing that, guys. But you're normal humans um, with a you know a higher than average intelligence. I appreciate the, the that. People, the people, you're welcome. The people <laughs> aren't that get on these and post on these, um, particularly the Fox one. Um, it's a it's a comment on the Facebook. Do you know? I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up in one thing. And you guys, I hope you appreciate this. Do you know what the best thing about the internet is? You switch it off. Everyone's got to say. Do you know what the worst thing about the internet is? Everyone's got to say. Everyone's got to say. And that's the thing. And depending on whether you... And I don't don't fully understand. I'm the same. I get on... I'm not big on social media. I've got Facebook. That's about the only thing. Yeah, that's the only one. I'm I'm on the Carpool Rugby League website and i know that fox sports they're trying to follow us they want to be us but i i I have a look at what they're doing every now and then i look at the comments and i think i just see so much negativity and i think why are we so busy putting shit on others when we can't clean up the shit in our own backyard it's almost like we're trying to deflect and the fans are trying to put so much crap on these other teams, I just don't get it. Every fan, if they're fair income about rugby league being the biggest sport in Australia, which it's not, if we want rugby league to be the biggest sport in Australia, you get on those comments and you talk up the great things. You 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 build the positivity that breeds excitement, that breeds engagement in the game. I don't know why as a game, and I think this is the Fox 360 talk coming back again. That they've made a living out of spending an hour every weeknight putting shit on our game. And they talk about why our game is shit. Here's here's a reason why our game is dog shit. Do you know what pisses me off? There are blokes like us that spend every week talking about why our game is great, and those fucking Muppets are getting prime time weeknight. Putting shit on the game. This is the same mob that are talking about a trainer the same week of the grand final. The bloke's not playing. Oh, that's, I'm not that going into horrendous. it. But no, do you know what bad. I mean? This is where we understand that when push comes to shove, we can talk about X, Y, and Z. Negative, negative, negative. The positive is we've got yeah, the Panthers, Graham, who are the I'll best team you, all year, Graham, up Graham, against I'll the give you the reason. Eels, who are their the rivals. I'll not give you the reason. Thirty-six years. This is ideal. I will give you the reason, Gray. Positivity. I'll give you the reason, Graham. I'll give Bring you the reason. Home. Graham, I'll give you the reason. When was the last time you were paid to go to a football match? I wasn't. I paid a significant. Riffo, have of you ever been money. paid to go to a football match? No, never. No, we pay good money week in week out mm. to support our club. We're yeah. members. All three of us. We're members and? of our. The difference is this. They do not get paid to watch football. 
They get paid to talk crap yeah. about football. They get paid to go to games and pick the Gina. daylights out. They are crows, yes. mate. They are crows no. on on lamb carcasses, mate. All they do is pick the eyes out of stuff. And and That's this where breeds the this breeds the culture. Country. I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. I had a, I've had a, a few people tell me I'm mad over the past month or so. I've got a a four month old child who is a mm. South Sydney member. And yes. I said it is important. Yeah, exactly. You guys get it. He is My a fan. Kids are South members. He is a member. And that is I don't everyone's going to go parenting one oh one. But no, but that's that that that's what's important. He is a member. And people go, Well, why are you a member? What are you getting out of it? Is he going to the games? Is he getting XYZ and I and I've told people you miss the point. The problem with rugby league is people are looking at what can the game do for me? The question is, what are you doing for the game? Because we're sitting there, there are so many yeah. people that will put shit on it. And do you know what? We have the ideal grand final here. We've got the Battle of the West. We've got Penrith versus Para. We have the best team in the competition up against a team that hasn't won the longest drought. If this doesn't sell tickets, I don't know what will. And it should have because it's a sellout officially. It's not about selling tickets. It's about people who who don't... You know, like, what frustrates me is in the social in social media, you've got people going, okay, this is why this person shouldn't play. This is why this team shouldn't be here. I'm sick and tired of hearing how teams lose matches. It's negative. How about talking about how teams win matches? And the thing is this. You've got two very good sides at the height of their powers playing in a grand final. I don't care what anyone says. Either side can win. I'm going out on a limb. I'm picking para. Whoa! Wowee. That'd be big. I'm I'm... going out on a limb. What? I'm what going out it? on the limb. This is great. What wins it for Parashano? Ford's. They, they I reckon the if, they, if they can get Ford dominance in the first 20 minutes and get on top of them like they have done yeah, twice this, this year. They, and this is the thing. I've got you friends. can't wait for this game. We've got, we got a lot of friends that are para fans. And a lot of friends that are Penrith ago, fans. Two weeks ago, they told me like, I'd rather play Penrith than South. Is that... I know the record and all that sort of thing, but no, what do you, you don't think? want to rather play Penrith. Penrith are awesome. That's what I'm they told saying. me. That's what my parents saying, have told me. I'm just saying this. I'm saying this. I think that when you look at history, when you look at history, and when you look at what you've got in front of you, there's a lot to play for, and when it was a normal NRL game. They stood up. I'm saying it with very little to no confidence, <laughs> but I am saying. I have a feeling you, you Parramatta, you're, you're, you're picking a contrasting opinion to our Parramatta. Other oh look, no, you tell me. <laughs> look, I'll tell you where they can win. Their forward packs. Their forward pack can dominate early. I don't expect Arthur to be in the side. Are you I calling for a bench, last minute switcheroo? Yes, I think they're. I think their bench can I don't, I don't can come on. Oh, the biggest what? the biggest thing 
the biggest thing I've got for the biggest thing I've got for Parramatta is they've got to complete sets. They've got to be at 85 plus completion rate to win this game. For Penrith, I think the thing with Penrith is sometimes Penrith enter games, especially in the first half an hour, and they think because they're Penrith, they can dictate the game. Um, I don't think they'll get that from Parramatta. Parramatta will play. South Sydney didn't play 80 minutes. Parramatta will. Parramatta will feel the weight of expectation on them. And I think they'll actually rise to the occasion. There's something about this. It's going to be close. It's going to be maybe extra time. But that'd be fine. But I think that I think that the fairy tale will be I think the fairy tale well, will be uh will be enforced. Penrith, I think Parramatta I think Parramatta fans will end the drought. Parramatta, their their completion rate, you, you mentioned that's a big deal. Last week they were at seventy five percent. I think the last time they played Penrith they were under that. They were in the 60s. They but, lost. Yeah, and they, and they lost. And that, that was that was the talking point I was going to get to here. And I'm going to throw it to Griffo because I have a feeling I know who you're going to tip. But I think the talking point here is going to be, and I think Shane touched on it with the, with the completion rate, the fact that last time Penrith played para, Penrith had an 83% completion rate. Para had a 67% completion rate. Shane's talking about if Para complete, they go forward, they're a chance. I mean, really what we're trying to do here is go back three weeks and trying to talk to fans about why Para should be a chance when they were beaten 27-8 to only three weeks ago. Oh, they're every chance. Like, you, you talked about completion rates sort of letting them down. In, and then their completion rate was poor last week as well in the first half. Hasn't been um, great all finals. But they're getting the job done. Um, yeah, I, I uh, do think that... The thing about them that worries me is their offloads. If if Penrith don't control the offloads, that's yep. when they'll have problems. Um, Paris offloads, they threaten anyone when they're offloading. Um, uh, but the thing is, I, I do think Penrith uh, will win the game. Um because I do believe that Penrith will find holes in the Parramatta defence that the Cowboys couldn't find when they needed to in the second half. Um, obviously, Wonga Blake uh, is a man who may not sleep too well Saturday night. <laughs> um, Bombs away. Yeah, I was actually I up the heart. I was up. I was up at yeah, my local Shepherd. I saw. I saw him today. He's up at oh, my really? local. Yeah, we we're at the hardware. I was actually at the local Bunnings up here 
And I, I, I swear I saw that guy. Anyway, I left him alone. He was looking at glue and he was trying them all on his hands to see if they'd help with adhesion. The fact that you're at Bunnings <laughs> disappoints me. You knew as soon as I said Bunnings that that story was a stitch up. Anyway, he's, he's, he's out there looking for glue for his hands to see if he can get the ball to stick. Yeah, I, but but not just not just the um, the aerial attacker. I I think they'll uh, they might keep a few of them uh, well and truly on their toes in the outside backs. Um, I think Isaac Tungo. I think he's going to pose some problems um, out wide, but uh, I'll sort of I'm I'm going to go for Cleary for the. To, to go back to back on the on the Churchill. Churchill. That's um, a safe bet. Well, he is the favourite. I mean he's got form. <laughs> he, Look, yeah. When Penrith win, he's he's usually he's usually the main reason. Um if Power win, I think Mitch Moses will be will be the man there. Yeah. Lane's my smokey. Sean Lane. My smokey. If Para win, he's my smoker for the Churchill. Shana, you gave the Eels as your tip. Do you have a Churchill medalist? Is it the expected Moses uh, or Gutho? Moses. Moses. I think I think I think Mitch Moses. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if much or or too much was made of 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 that young man's forty eight hours before he played. The final the other night, um, you know, I the poor guy lost his grandmother and uh, and whatnot. Then, you know, I remember what it was like when I lost my grandmother. It wasn't great. Um, he then, hours before expecting the birth of his child, most players wouldn't have gone wouldn't have gone to the game. He's a better man than me. I'll be honest with you. And this is where a lot of people... He'll draw some criticism. Yeah, like, I I know what you're about to say, Greg. Keep going. I would not have played. I would have gone home and I would have witnessed the birth of my first child. And... And this can is one I, of those tough ones I, where we're, well, 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 we're going, Mitchell Moses goes, can I? oh, it's for the boys. And I go, Ugh. this is one of those tough I, ones where I go. Can I say this, right? Can I say I, this? I don't agree with what he did. This is a guy. But for para fans, well, he's a hero. In some ways, in some I wouldn't ways, have done you know it. What? If it was me, you know I wouldn't what? have done it. I'm not being honest. I wouldn't have played. I would have, you know I would have, because, I would have been there. Because you know what? Because you're devoted your life. To doing what you do, he's devoted his life to doing what he does, and that's why he is brilliant at it, and that's why he's one of the best at it. Uh, great podcast, guys. I know <laughs> to the to people. I no, let's let's put a shout out to another podcast, uh, Head Noise. If you haven't listened to it, it's uh, James Graham's new podcast. He he talked in the first. Um, in the first uh, episode of Head Noise, I don't know if you guys have listened to it, 
very good. Um, he ordered his, or he asked his partner to be induced at a certain time so it wouldn't affect his preseason. This is what these guys do. And 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 the thing is, you this can't way, deny their commitment. Their, you know I what? I just can't understand it. You know what? You know what? Yeah, you can just you can understand it because your commitment, your commitment to being a dad. Yeah, mine's the other way. You, want, you know what I mean? It's I the other way. For you for it. Hundred percent. The thing is this, because he said I couldn't I, imagine leaving the boys, and I'm like, eh. it's not a no. You know what it is? That That's that what was. That was a cop out. You know what it is? I can't imagine leaving what I've built for years to this point in time. Like different strokes, different folks. Like that's this is his life. It's not mine, and I can't comment on it. But all I'm saying is, I think he has had a for. For what he had and the emotional roller coaster he had. Can I say this though? Head noise, get on it. It's a brilliant podcast about head knocks. If you haven't listened to it, jump on. Did you see the, um, speaking of James Graham, credit here, the auction's probably finished by now by the time you're listening to it. Did you see the, um, he was auctioning off for charity because he had. No, I don't know all the details. I'm going to sound ignorant and like an idiot here. But he was doing it for charity. And um, there's it's two of a kind. From the 2014 Grand Final, there was Sam Burgess's um, jersey. They cut in half. James Graham's jersey cut in half. The whole squad from either team signed wow. both. They put them together, framed it. And James wow. Graham has auctioned off his Half Sam Burgess, half James Graham, um, oh. Graham final jersey signed by both full squads for charity. But it was one that was close to his heart. He had um, someone he was very close to with a serious medical condition, and it was for a very good cause. And I feel like we missed the boat here by promoting it, but um, yeah, just just credit to James Graham for giving that up and for. Raising money for a good cause and his positive promotion of rugby league, and that's what they should be talking about on 360, yeah. not trainers. But anyway, um, Griffo, just quickly, uh, Churchill medalist. I know you're picking Penrith. Yeah, Who's clear. your, is it Cleary? Yeah. <sighs> now, is this going to be the first time? That a player goes back to back, Churchill, if Cleary gets it. Um, I don't know. Probably. I think it might be. Probably. I mean, is it. What does that say about Nathan? Oh, he doesn't want it. <laughs> this no, but no, yeah. seriously. I mean, holy shit. I mean, come on. Penrith were a dollar eighty favourites with three weeks to go. He's. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but let's talk hypothetically. If Penrith win, someone's got to have an absolute like whale of a game for it not to be Nathan. Um, with him, with Penrith being the way they are, with his young age, 
I think what we need to realize here is he, he is an absolute superstar. There are so many times where we get down the track and we look back on a career and go, geez, that Nathan Cleary was a great player. We're right in the, in the midst of it here where we can say, gee, he is phenomenal. He is still yet to create history. Oh, look, for me, he's the favorite. I've, I've gone on a limb. I'm, I'm thinking that the, um, the judges might give Dylan Edwards a crack if he has a belt of a game. Jer- Jerome Luai's key to this team. I mean, I could even see players like Crichton. I I even think that... Do you know who I reckon? I know it's only off the grand final, but if you go off the whole season, a bloke that would l- deserve the Churchill medal would be an Isaiah Yo. You got so much star power across the field. It's, just, it's a testament to what they're doing at the moment, isn't it, Griffo? Yes, it is. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, pretty much got the best side available. Um, but you know, really, the only guy that probably would be there if, if they're at full strength would be Taylor May. Yep. We talked about that earlier. Yep. But, uh, yep. 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 Likewise, Parramatta, I think they're pretty much at full strength. Um, you know, apart from probably Opachek, unlikely to play. But, uh, yeah, and that that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Both both teams going up against each other, pretty much at full strength. Um, so yeah, both teams got a lot of stars, but you know you rattled off a lot of Penrith's main main men there, um, without mentioning Kikau or Fisher Harris. <laughs> so it's just so much talent. Yeah, there's talent there, um, but. Uh, Hopefully, it's enough to, to get them the win. Hopefully. Look, we've done just about everything but play the last game. Um, we know Penrith are going to go in as favourites. Parramatta, they'll be looking to break the drought. Um, look, it's going to be a massive game. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you're looking forward to it more than anyone else, Griffo. But um, I think that'll just about do us. Anything else you want to... Say parting words. No, no, no parting words. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're likely to be. We're going to do a post. Yeah, we'll be back next, next week. week yeah, we'll yeah. be back next week. We've got a lot to talk about next week. We've got the grand final wrap up. We've got World Cup. Um, MRLW. The squads by then. Yeah, plenty to talk about. But um, look, from us here, I think that might just about do us and. Um, Look, both Penrith and Para. We look forward to this week. We've got big team in Penrith, uh, the underdogs in Para looking to break the drought, but awesome game. Looking forward to it. Have a good week, listeners, and uh, enjoy some fun dinner. Take care. All day. Bye bye.